Hello and welcome back to the Final Corner Podcast. Uh, on this week's show we're going to be taking a look back at the 2020 F1 season and to wrap up a dominant year for Mercedes again, I've got Tom with me again. Hello. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you listen to it. Pleasure to be back. How are you doing? Yep. Yeah, not bad yourself. Yeah, good thanks. Just uh, ready to reminisce about an uh, excellent F1 season in the end, I think. Yeah, You might certainly. have a different opinion. No, I, um, it's probably one of the most enjoyable seasons I can remember, uh, especially considering there wasn't a title fight at all. Yeah, that's uh, really good news because Mercedes' dominance was one thing, but everyone else was falling over each other and all. we were going to new circuits in the world. There was also the uncertainty. So actually the main thing probably was well done for F1 to F1 for actually getting something happening in the end. Uh, I guess there was a tremendous effort there. And when... It all kicked off in Adelaide at the start of the year. We thought, oh, maybe there won't be races or there's going to be one next week. We didn't know. But at the end of the day, it was some uh, good races, actually, in the end, which was very pleasing to see. Yeah, well, if you think back to last March, it was, what, the day of Friday mm-hmm. practice yep. before it all went to hell. Um, Weird, isn't it? feels like a much longer, further ago than it actually was, I think. Yeah, because um, also it was McLaren pulled out, and then there was a chaos that day. Some people yeah. wanted to stay in, some people didn't, and then yeah. Mikel Arteta got COVID, and that killed <laughs> everyone else. Chase Carey was on a plane, so they couldn't decide. I think that was another reason, like it was like the day after or something, because mm. he didn't hear any news because he was on a flight. And the support categories had actually already qualified, which was interesting as well. Like Australia's supercars had actually got a grid. And then they couldn't, they couldn't have a race. Uh, but good decision in the light of things because a big, massive call to take. And they had that weird press conference with all the people who were in charge in a pen. Mm. And they were like, oh, well, well we're not going to do it. And we don't really know why. You know. Um, so amazing that the, some racing happened this year, which is which is great. Now we seem to might be in a similar scenario again in 2021 at the start. But anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, the logistics of getting what, about 1,500 yeah. people to each race. I know. And only having a handful of COVID cases yep. over over the piece is, yeah. is ridiculously... Amazing. So whatever yeah. they were doing, they were doing it right. And it was like a a model scenario to, to look at, other sports to look at, I think. Yeah, it's it's, it's a shame that uh, Scottish football can't take the same, <laughs> the same stance. But, I mean, everyone in those bubbles... It's, it's not yeah. easy to keep to a bubble and do all the restrictions properly. So no. everybody's played their part and got it done. Yeah. Uh, and now we're seeing, seeing uh, drivers getting COVID now that the season's over. Yeah, well, they've all gone on holiday afterwards, haven't they? Yeah, so <laughs> the, the, the bubble system's disappeared. And now I think Lando Norris has got it. I think Charles Leclerc. Leclerc yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, I read somewhere Ricardo maybe have had it. But oh, they, right. they, he, he was, he was, I've not actually seen that confirmed. It was kind mm. of rumoured. Um, so you can see now the, the bubbles are all back free again. Yeah. So clearly it worked, whatever they did, and it must have been very difficult for all the teams, you know, the mechanics, the engineers, everybody involved. Uh, I think it was smaller crews. I don't know if they had, like, less parts with them. They probably couldn't do enough uh, with the compacted calendar, like enough sort of development or analysis post-race as well for the teams. So incredible. I mean... I don't want to look too ahead, but when a certain Haas car was destroyed, then they still had a car out the next week at the same track. Yeah. Amazing, really. Absolutely incredible. I've said incredible yeah. 67 times. I'm going to say it again. It was incredible. It's it's, it's an amazing effort. Like I said, you know, 17 races in what, four, 13, yep. 14 different countries. 
um, that three or four weekends where it was well, three or four weekends in a row, yeah, two or three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a brilliant effort to get yeah. it on. Um, I think I was everybody getting... was very tired. They must have gone for a long sleep. Probably still sleeping now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, to, to jumping forward to this year, I think McLaren were uh, voted against the changes that were coming in uh, at the start of this season for the same reason. That ah, okay. We're going to end up with another chop calendar, which is great for me and you. I love watching it every weekend, but I yeah. can imagine for those guys having to pack up, fly, yeah, build everything again, pack it up, fly. It takes its toll, yeah. yeah, and that's why maybe mistakes come in, and um, also people not performing as best as they can c- could do. But uh, yeah, COVID nineteen, terrible, awful thing that we're living through. Incredible scenes, really. Oh, I said incredible again, you know, in a bad way. Um, but it it did at least provide some interest in the season, perhaps that maybe wouldn't have been there otherwise. And that's such a shallow, selfish thing to say, but. That's one element that made it a really great year for Formula One when really it could have just been a snooze fest. Yeah. I mean, if, if this was on ice, I mean, what would we have had to talk about the past year? Yeah. I don't think we'd be doing this podcast, I don't think. No, definitely <laughs> not. So I think the best way to probably do this is just go through team by team and have a look yeah. at their overall performance and the drivers and how they did mm. and maybe how they did compared to what we thought they would do at the end of 2019. Yeah, that sounds good. Um. So starting off, obviously the big boys, Mercedes, mm. dominant, came yep. with a car that seemed to be a bit of second quicker than last <laughs> year's. With probably f- the wick turned down. Yep, had a funny steering system at oh, the start yeah. of the testing, everyone was panicking about, and uh, we had Valtteri Bottas version 3, I think it was now. Yeah, I put version 3 question mark in my notes. Was it 3.0 yeah. or was it 4.0? I don't know, I've lost count at this point. I don't know, but it seems Same to, result. Yeah, he seems to have a disastrous end to a season. Come back, have a couple of good results, and everyone thinks, right, he's 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 got Here it. Here we go. This is it. This is the year, and it, it never is. Yeah, he needs to go away and have a long, hard think. I think the difference in performance is a mental thing because I think he does have a good amount of speed. Maybe not up to Lewis. He's clearly very skilled, but the domination must beat you up mentally. Well, if you look at the qualifying results, he's within a tenth and beating yeah. Lewis yeah. And, on a good number of occasions this year. Mm-hmm. But it just can't convert it in the race, no. doesn't seem to have the killer edge, can't but, maintain his pace, can't control his tyres. Yeah. Like, nothing that Lewis can do, he, he can't match it anywhere. Yeah. He can match one lap speed, mm-hmm. but he can't match anything else. Yeah. To match the one lap speed of Hamilton in a Mercedes is is a really good thing, but ultimately, I was going to say points are only on Sunday. But is there a no? There's not. There is points only on Sunday, right? I was thinking of the yeah. little trophy they get for pole position. No, don't, don't they get a little, they get. little tired, don't they? Yeah, it's points for uh, fastest lap. I'm conflating there, but yeah, he started well, the year with a win, and I thought oh, again, here we go, first first win of the season for Bottas. It might be championship battle. But then it just turned out that Lewis had sort of slept in from the from the break. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that. What did you think that first week in Austria? Um, I had a flashback to 2016. You know, right. like the end of 2015, Hamilton won the title quite early and then mm. just went on holiday and partied. Yeah. <laughs> Rosberg won, I think, like four races at the end of the season in a row. Yeah. Came back and then won six or seven in a row the next year. Yeah. 
and it was like Hamilton had just taken the time off and couldn't get back and when when I saw the first weekend Hamilton was all over the place he, yeah. he had to contact the album and he just wasn't right and went oh oh yeah of course yeah you forget the album contact yeah. that's when yeah. Albon had a little bit of speed as well which yeah, was a, exactly. both Albon and Bottas had false dawns in that first race really it yeah. was, it was it, for me it built up a, a level of excitement of oh well, Mercedes are miles ahead but maybe Bottas will bring it to him but uh, he didn't he no. didn't demoralised I think he is yeah, I mean, he won in Austria, he won in Russia. Ah. Um, but when you look at his bad races, they were, they were really, really quite bad. bad. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking Italy, um, yeah. where he dropped back at the start and then just mm. never moved again. Uh, Potentially some damage on the suspension or something afterwards, but you never, you never show with that, are you? Yeah, but I mean, it's still worse had someone issues that race and then and still managed to fight through. Yeah. Uh, and it still it feels like all year. I mean, Turkey was horrendous for him. That was so bad. That was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, again, allegedly that you know in the first lap contact or second. Oh no, the second. Uh, yeah, the second incident on the first lap with Ocon potentially putting mm. steering out, which means he couldn't put enough lock on to catch the car. But it, I lost count of the number of times he spun in that event, and that was very embarrassing. No. So so when it goes wrong for him, he never seems to recover. He never bounces back. No, he never builds no. momentum. Um, yeah. It's like one weekend's mm. great, and then the rest is yeah. yeah. And I would say that he he won. You mentioned there two races, so he won in Austria round one. Mm-hmm. That was a genuine, really amazing victory. Okay, his second victory is genuine. He he won it, but Hamilton was ahead and got the penalty for those false uh, practice starts before the race. And then he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and then Bottas won, and then did all the whole team radio of yeah. for those who are concerned. It was like <laughs> ah, this is not the time you say that actually, Valtteri. <laughs> no, no. This is the one where you knock worse out in the gravel and you can't do anything. You don't do it the really bend when Hamilton's just been an idiot. Yeah, yeah. So I about those, I did forget about those penalties. Yeah, I, so it just wasn't wasn't so great. But, uh, anyway, we've we've talked so much about the failures of of Bottas this year, but I can't take anything away from Sir Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Sir Lewis Hamilton. Because I'm not, he... not a fan of knighthoods during careers. Just ah, it's got to be post career. Interesting, because yeah, I'm going to have fucking David Croft every every lap of the race going. Oh, there's Sir Lewis going. Oh, it's just going to be endless. And Ted Kravitz is never going to let it go either. Those two idiots are going to be. I, I can't. You need to write to the Queen. Oh, it's like what are you thinking? Give him a minute in two years, three years, not now. That that's an uh, amazing point. Well, well said. That's uh, hilarious. Oh God, that's going to be intolerable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, in my mind, he deserves it, but absolutely, yeah, it's got to be post career because exactly. otherwise, commentary confusion. Oh my God, <laughs> it's just. I mean, seven foil tater. You can't argue that he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I don't think the Queen was thinking of the the F one comment routine. Did she be? They made that no. decision. Uh, but he, what, he, when did he win the title? Was it Turkey? It was Turkey, which and I thought it was probably his best race of the year, driving on that yeah. track. Yeah, it was the tyre management that was on another, from another planet, on another level. You know, we all thought, oh, Sergio Perez, he's the tyre-looking-after <laughs> master, he knows how to look after the rubber. And Lewis just smoked it. Uh, I don't know, I just don't understand how he managed to do that for so long and deliver the pace at the end. So, that what a fitting way to win the title. 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, a masterclass. It, that was he, he done that all year to manage his tires. He, yeah. he, he never seems to use them. The only problem he had was the two races in Britain. Yeah, um, the one where the first race I think got the puncture and one with the puncture. Yeah, one with the puncture. Race two, I think it was the heat. Uh, yeah, just overheated the tires constantly. But that seemed to be a car yeah. issue rather than anything to do with driving. Yeah, when when he when one with a puncture that was that was on the limit. I think other people got punctures towards the end, like Sainz, for example. Uh, but he had such a dominant lead anyway that he was able to just mm. cruise round. And I remember after the race, the team radio was like, "Right, just park the car." He's like, "Yeah, no, I'll just finish with the three wheels. It's fine. <laughs> you you pay the bills." Yeah, <laughs> and he actually put it out all right. So that was incredible. And uh, so now he's got the record seventh title with Schumacher. He's got the ninety-five race wins, which is an all all-time record. And uh, in a normal season. Incredible achievements, but it would be quite dull. Hmm. But but as we'll come on to later, there was all sorts going on, so it was fine. So you're allowed to do that, Lewis. It's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only driver, though, that's not signed up for next year. Isn't that uh, weird? And I don't know about you, but this just seems like a weird situation. Bizarre. So uh, during the season, it was, we'll talk about it once we've won the title. Mm. Nothing happened. Yeah. Then it was, we'll talk about it at the end of the season, nothing happened. We'll sign it by Christmas, nothing happened. Mm. We'll sign it by testing, and so far nothing's happened. And now Total Wolf is in the press saying, we're preparing for alternatives if this doesn't uh. happen. Uh, to me, me personally, I think it'll, it will sign, because he's, yeah, he's almost guaranteed an eighth title next year. Who wouldn't but, want that? Who would not want that? Exactly, Surely if you really want it, you'd do it for 50p. Yeah, well, let's see. If he's the reports are he's clear he's wanting fifty million, and they're offering him twenty something million. But Whoa, come on, fifty mil, goodness me! I know, but for an eight world title, would you mm. not just say okay? Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's just let's yeah. just I'll take I'll take the thirty million hit, but <laughs> let's just yeah. get this one year done and win the title. There's uh, all sorts going on behind the scenes, isn't there? The, didn't Ineos? I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Buy a third of the team recently. That's mm-hmm. probably why Toto Wolf himself wasn't signed up as well until yeah. quite late in the day. So I'm wondering if it's to do with that. Uh, focusing, it's such a large sum is Hamilton's wage. Maybe focusing on this sale of uh, part of the equity of the company had to be done first to then mm. free up, or they've got extra investment to pay Lewis. You know, it could. It's probably. I'm hoping it's just something to do with that, and it's just announced next week. You know. Yeah, uh, some of the rumors as well were about contract length. There's a disagreement over that. Mm. Um, Daymore would only want to give him a shorter contract and right. he was looking for something a bit longer allegedly mm. um, which I found a bit strange because if I was Lewis Hamilton I wouldn't want to be signing a four year contract going into a rule change rule ch- the all important rule change it's, it yeah. is a difficult quandary it would be nice for him to have like a 2021 and option yeah you know maybe he does maybe he has oh, at least two years like 2021 2022 but then there's a way out if the Merc yeah. is bad, that, that's because what any other looking for, yeah. any other team would take him. Yeah. So, you know, why not? Even if he has a bad year or whatever, it's or two years, you still would, wouldn't you? So, yeah, I'm wondering. Yeah, that's a good point. It's probably something to do with that as well. Do you think he'll sign it? Still be on the grid next year? Yeah, he's still gonna be on the grid next year. He's got an extreme yeah. E team though. If he's bored, he, he does. He but does. he's got drivers signed up already. So, oh, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember who's driving for him. Is it? Um, 
Johan Christoffersen. Uh, in which case, that's amazing. So they might win that title as well because I think he's really good. But we'll circle back to that once I've Googled it. <laughs> Google past podcasts, yeah. But uh, just quickly on Mercedes, I guess they won the Constructors Championship, I guess that goes without saying. Mm-hmm. And Bottas did get second at the end of the end of the year in terms of the points. So, mm-hmm. all right. But of course, there was a star turn by another driver in a Mercedes. There was. George Russell. Probably jumping George ahead. You. No, no, it's he was in a Mercedes, now. so it counts. No, let's talk about him now. Um, I think that Bottas needs to win the title next year to keep his seat. Otherwise, George Russell's got that drive. That is a good point. Already. That is a good point. If he doesn't win the title, how can Mercedes justify keeping him when they've got George Russell there, who's yeah. clearly as quick, if not quicker, and uh, could probably be as good as Lewis Hamilton he's got potential I think that's yeah. what Bottas we've seen it now that's it yeah. it's not going to get any better I don't think no I whereas don't see it. George can only get better I think and so mm. at the Sakia Grand Prix you know Hamilton he misses a race because of Covid that's worth mentioning George gets in and he's quick from FP1 and, mm. I, and I tweeted at the time but which is a cardinal sin you should never tweet in excitement after free practice times because it's free practice times. Yeah. But then free practice two is quick. Free practice three is quick. It qualifies in P2. So Bottas, again, going back to what you said earlier, Bottas has clearly got the qualifying pace. You know, he's right up there. But then turn one, George takes the lead and it's incredible, really. He pulled mm-hmm. away and drove in a commanding race until the well-publicized errors. Yep. The the one Mercedes cock-up they make a year and it had, had to, <laughs> to happen to George. Yeah. Um I think he's got that seat nailed. Uh, whether it's Hamilton's seat or Bottas's seat. I think for twenty twenty two he's he's got it. Um Unless no someone else comes in with a last minute offer that's incredible. But I, I think he'd be so loyal to Mercedes at this point that Yeah. Is he, he is he not managed by Total Wolf as well? Yeah, he, he, uh, he is, yeah. Yeah. You never know. Ferrari could no no, no they're not gonna no. <laughs> Alpha Tari. They might have my, the twenty twenty two car. <laughs> true. My 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 worry about George was that we've seen young Mercedes back drivers, Pascal Verlein. Pascal Verlein, yeah, good shout. Ocon being topped up is definitely getting the yeah. drive. De Resta. And then, De Resta and then never getting the chance. Mm. Um, he's had the chance and proven yeah. it. So yeah. I think he's in a much stronger position than either of those were. Yeah, it makes you think about those previous drivers if they had got that one race. To yeah. prove what I, I actually used to rate Pascal Verlaine quite a bit. I think yeah. he was very, very good in uh, DTM, where which was Mercedes. And it's a shame that he's well, he was he's in Formula E, which is still great. But he could, he could, his Formula One career is over now. But yeah, like you say, it's 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 bad that Lewis got COVID. It's great that George showed what he can do. It's terrible that they messed up the tires. What's going on with that? Mm. And yeah. then it was unlucky that he got a puncher at the end. But it didn't, it didn't matter so much in some respects. But you, you kind of feel for him a bit because what if the Merce- he gets a drive in 2022 and the Mercedes isn't good? You know, <laughs> yeah. what if he never gets on the podium? That will be so such a, a shame. I don't think it'll happen like that, though. No. Um, but obviously, but 2022 is a bit of unknown for everyone, but I don't think they'll make the same mistake that no. McLaren and the likes made with the big wheel change about, about 10, well, 12 years ago now. Yeah, long, 2009, long time ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember oh, it like yesterday, Colin. 
Yep, all the big boys uh, made a mess of it. Um, they did. But I don't, I don't see that happening with Mercedes. Nah. Yeah, that's fair enough. So, well, do you want to move on to Red Bull? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, there's probably a few other things we can mention about Mercedes. Oh, just one small thing about Mercedes before Red Bull. Uh, Hamilton entered the pits in Monza with a red light, and that made an interesting race as well. But I suppose we'll cover the result of that in the later teams. But that was another small error from Mercedes or Lewis this year. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of too many. No, no, it was amazing. There was a race one with the clash with... um, Albon. Albon. I've forgotten him already. Yeah, yeah, well... well, well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The 17th anniversary, that was just a problem with the car and the tyres. Mm -hmm. Italy, his fault and the team's fault. Yep. Russia, his fault and the team's fault. Yep. Uh, and then the team just messed up in Bahrain. And Abu yeah. Dhabi wasn't really there, was he? No, Abu Dhabi was... I think he was still suffering from COVID and just... The hangover. Yeah, didn't look like he had the pace. Well, was it controversially an error to actually do the race? Because, you know, we all wanted George to have another go, didn't we? Yeah, I was so open. He didn't, yeah. he didn't come back. Yeah, he didn't. He had, he had nothing to race for. He shouldn't, shouldn't have bothered coming back. Yeah. Oh, well. On to the energy drink. Yes. So, Red Bull, uh, they got two wins this year. They got, I think, five podiums out with it. Uh, two for... Was it two for uh, Albon? Yeah, two. two uh, Mugello and somewhere else. It's coming to me. Uh, it was... Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. Yep. So, second in the championship. Uh, without any competition from Ferrari this yep. year. Uh, what do you think? I think, on the one hand, it was kind of a good year, but was it also not a failure of Red Bull and Honda not to challenge Mercedes? Yes, I think it was. But they were in... For me, it was like Mercedes was Class A, and not, we're not talking about drugs here, and uh, Red <laughs> Bull was Class Class B, then there was a gaggle of everybody in the middle that was Class C. And then you had the f- three teams at the back in Class D. And so Red Bull mm. was just sort of on their own in the middle. And actually, I'll just revise that slightly and say that Max Verstappen was in his own class. Because <laughs> Albon, unfortunately, was with everyone else, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, the chief mechanic this week says that they've found faults in the car and ways to work around it. But oh, right, okay. They, they think would have, they could have or would have beaten Mercedes if they'd found them earlier. But yeah, but I would have been Mercedes if I had found some problems last season and I wasn't even racing. I don't, I don't think that's a valid point, really. No, exactly. Um, uh, Max Verstappen for a lot of people was a driver of the year. Um, oh they, really? They, yeah, I, I keep reading that he was that people think he was performed it, amazingly. Was it in a global uh, poll? Because he's got lots of Dutch fans that will outnumber. Does. It's like Robert Kubica all over again with his. Polish following, you know, it's such a loud voice. I, f- I think there is a, a bit of that going on, um, but to me, I didn't really think. I didn't think he outperformed the car. I think he got what the car was capable of. Mm, yeah. Every week, I don't think he was outstanding in any way. He beat his teammate almost every weekend, and he put pressure on the Mercs. But I wouldn't say he was 
over driving what the car was capable of. I just think that they yeah. were half a second slower. Is isn't Mac. a car and a team that's modelled around completely around him? Yeah. So the story goes. So why wouldn't he be ahead of his teammate, and why wouldn't he be challenging? I think he did really well in the two races that he won. Mm-hmm. One of the Silverstones and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. There was some great strategy going on in Silverstone, and then in Abu Dhabi just was was quicker all weekend. Ah, but there were times when him and the car weren't quite working well. Uh, at the start of Mugello, he lost all the power that put him back in the pack, and then there was a mm. an incident um, in Abu Dhabi. I'm sure Leclerc caused the accident to kick off, but <laughs> then he just drove into a wall. <laughs> I've, he just did. Oh, uh, Sakia. Oh, sorry, Sakia. Yeah, wrong, Sakia, wrong, yeah. wrong. Uh, from Middle Eastern track there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but that, that was a strange one. He just drove weird. into the wall. Like <laughs> yeah. he, did, he didn't know it was there, or it, I didn't know the gravel was there, and just drove straight into it. That's why you should always pay attention on the track walk, even if you've been to track before, I guess. I don't, I'm yeah. speculating there. And listen, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I got the track wrong. But uh, there was, it, for me, with Max, I think he's incredibly talented, and if he was in a car that was a bit quicker, he would definitely challenge Lewis for the best driver on the grid. His petulance gets, I'm blinded by his petulance. Sometimes. Which is getting worse. Um, especially getting worse, worse, me- worse. media comments. Yep. Even about his own teammates. and uh, mm-hmm. I don't like that about him. No. Um, but even if you don't like him, you still got to admire him drive. But it's not. Oh, cool. yeah. Uh, I just I don't like, think that you should be criticizing teammates. I don't think you should be making some of the comments he's making in public. Um, but yeah, th- there is something you could give him a bit of a leeway for I think which is he's not got a teammate to help him Yep. if he had a teammate behind him playing different strategies then maybe Red Bull could have challenged Mercedes, maybe Verstappen mm. could have had a chance at more wins at least if not a title fight uh, but Albon was nowhere Yeah, it was about half a second off everywhere in every session almost all the time I'm, yeah. I'm exaggerating a bit, but that's it seemed to be around half a second in qualifying. Well, I don't think he ever got within three tenths in qualifying. Right. A, yeah. a, not good enough. But, yeah. But, but, yeah. Biased team, but it's not still not good enough. No. Uh, stronger race drives uh, yep. sometimes. Good mm-hmm. recoveries. Yeah. Um, the podiums he did get. I mean, what was it? The Eiffel? What? Not the Eiffel Grand Prix. No, no, Mugello. The Tuscan... Mugello. Uh, that was a chaos race. He did well to keep going, but it was a. Let's be yeah. honest. His teammate wasn't in the race anymore, and all sorts was going on. There's that pile up and stuff. Um, but the Bahrain podium was very good. And that weekend, it was like, oh, is he turned a corner? He was on it, but then Sergio Perez's uh, batteries blew up and gave him that podium as well. Oh yes, of course. The car was on fire as well. Yeah, but he was running in fourth. He was. It was up there, which is better. It was than... reasonable, yeah. but I mean, you can give a lot of the drivers credit this year for capitalizing those situations, and they've not got cars that should be on the podium, so they get True. credit for that. Yeah, he's got a car that should be on the podium, so mm. when he's getting his podiums through red flags yeah. and safety cars, it does detract from what yeah. what they mean. And uh, not yeah. even just podiums. You know, it should be in P four every race. And then he capitalized, capitalized, but maybe even a fluky win in this weird topsy turvy season. Yeah, uh, but I do feel sorry for him because I do think he's good. I just think also starting out within that first half of the year, if you're not within half a second of Max, the headlines, the speculation, the pressure—I don't know how they manage it internally. It doesn't sound very good. That all gets yeah. to your head. 
Um, but he's got the reserve drive for next year, and he's going to be doing DTM in the new GT3 class cars. I don't know if that will help him or not, but it's, uh, he's not being jettisoned completely. A Ferrari he's driving, I think. It was rumoured he's going to be driving a Ferrari. Is he? Interesting. I don't know what uh, vehicle he's in yet, but... I don't, it's, I don't think it's been confirmed, but it's rumoured that he's going to a, a Ferrari right. for that for that year, at least a year. Right. Um yeah, it's just I, I feel I do feel a bit sorry for him. I think he got promoted too early. Me too. But but then he'd never got on top of the car. Yeah. And he didn't do his job in the mm. end. Yeah. Um, it's sad. Uh but Max did some great stuff. Uh but another example of um his impatience was Turkey when he span, you know, come on, you don't no one overtakes around that corner. No. Or, or even just have a look through the. It was just. I don't know if he was trying to overtake. He was just having like a look to distract or something. But he just got it wrong. That, that could have been a race win, maybe. I don't know. But it, his radio messages about tires and stuff in that race annoyed me as well. Yeah, I mean, there were six people could have won that race. True. Went to one point like Alex Album was going to win the race, and then it did, and he had a little he, spin. He, he spun as well. Um, Two spins for Red Bull that race. I'm sure they weren't happy. No, the the problem with. Albon all year as he never built any momentum, uh, even yeah. if he did have a good result. Because I'm just looking at his results now. You know, like fourth at the Styrian Grand Prix, then fifth, eighth, fifth, eighth. Um, he got his podium in uh, Tuscan Grand Prix, mm-hmm. then finished tenth from Russia. Yeah, um, so straight the next race, you down down a bit. When he got the podium in Bahrain, I did think that he's got the drive. If he if he gets two fourths in the next two weeks, he got the drive. Then he had a yeah. nightmare qualifying, and then he finished sixth in Sakia, and then did finish fourth in Abu Dhabi. But in reality, he wasn't on the qualifying pace. He was chasing down the Mercedes, yeah. who were just cruising at that point. Yeah, it felt like a another um, unfortunate scenario at the end where. He felt like, oh, Albon's catching him up. And I think in the press afterwards, he was quoted like, oh, another another lap, I could have had him. Or <laughs> something like this. But you, you also felt that nah, they were just bringing it home. Yeah. So it was it was good that he thought he was doing something good. But I think I think we all kind of know that the Mercs were just there just to finish the season off and call it quits. Yeah. I did think with that podium and the fact that he's Thai, it's a half-tie company. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Would have kept him in the seat, but I think it's mm-hmm. it's got to be the right decision for Red Bull if they want to have a title challenge next year. To yeah. What do you think about the big news this year um, that Honda is going to leave the championship? Unsurprising, uh, mm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't. I didn't really get the feeling that we're going to be in it much longer. Just when even at the start right. of the season. Yeah. Um. I think Red Bull, Red Bull taking on engine development themselves, I think is probably the best option they've got because bringing in a new manufacturer is going to be difficult. But it's going to take them yeah. years to build up the capability to build and develop engines. Yeah, they have no expertise at all, so they need to. They've not even made a t- decision yet, which I thought a bit late, isn't it? Yeah, if they were going to take on themselves and start building that department sure they would want to have that sorted the end yeah. of last season so that they can gain all the knowledge from Honda we don't really know though how how late in the day they knew or how early they knew about the Honda leaving mm. seems that Christian Honor didn't know or something so yeah. who knows what he does as a job I've got a feeling not a lot, I think he just signs <laughs> expenses for him all day saying, yeah, yeah. I don't really think he does much else um, 
But I just think it's, I think it's so strange to be going into this season without a concrete plan. Yeah, I know. I know they say they want to take on the engine themselves and want uh, an engine freeze for a year or two uh, to help them. But mm. for me, they should be building up their capabilities now and getting all the knowledge and info from Honda. Yeah, and passing it on to a new team now, so that they can they can compete next year. I'm wondering if they could uh, take on the development, but and then hire like a agency or someone else to actually do it for them to do the mm. development. So take over the IP. Hire a few people to integrate, but then hire, I don't know, like an engine developer. Ilmore, which I don't think exists anymore, or Cosworth. Or, you know, these companies don't really exist anymore in the same way, though, do they? But there could be someone out there that could help them, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's going to be difficult for anyone to get up to speed with the hybrid engines. I mean, you saw it took Honda yeah. four years to get anywhere. It's reasonably. too complicated. Yeah, so to bring, to either develop that knowledge in house or yeah. to get someone else in, it's going to be really difficult. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, good luck to them. But I can't see them taking the Renault engine again. I don't know about you. No, I think, I think well, that might be the only option. Yeah, but probably the sensible option. But I think there may be burnt some bridges there. Although, as we come to, there's some management changes in that team, so you never know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but... last thing on Red Bull, I think for me is uh, Max, 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 Super Max, Max, Max. If we if you don't know the Max Verstappen song, go on YouTube and watch it. It's got a really funny music video with some Dutch fans going crazy. Oh, I don't like the Dutch fans. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, in the I, nation, why not? Go for it. I'm kidding. You've got a lovely country. Um, <laughs> no, I did. I just, uh, I do think that it does. It's good to see fans that are active in the crowd. I just, yep. I, I wish that it wouldn't just be one and a half of the track is all orange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish they would distribute the tickets to like Spa and things like that to yeah. a variety of countries. Yeah. Uh, rather than all of them just seem to go to Holland. So we're saying that Verstappen's caused an issue, so we're going to have to segregate the fans into nations. Absolutely. And limit them. Well, anyway, that's if we get fans back at racetracks, but fingers crossed we do. Yep. Is uh, there hubris around the Verstappen con? Let's put it that way. I mean, yeah. Well, we'll uh, yeah. I'll leave uh, third place championship this year were McLaren. Oh, I didn't know if you're going to go McLaren or Racing Point. Why? Well, because well, McLaren race... finished third, but Racing but Point race... finished third. Racing Point should have finished third <laughs> if they hadn't cheated. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, McLaren well, is then. <laughs> McLaren. Um, I think good step forward for them. Um, I think that they were slightly compromise this year because I believe that a lot of their upgrades were geared towards preparing for next season with the Mercedes mm, engine mm. Uh, and I think they at times during the season outperformed their car Yeah, because uh, there was times where they weren't third quickest or fourth quickest uh, but still managed to get results they would out race and out strategize and they would grind out a result mm. and it was quite impressive getting third considering that oh yeah mega uh, Signs had a pretty difficult period during the season. Yep. Um, where everyone was going wrong then. I mean, the biggest one was the crash at Mugello, the pilot. Oh, of course, um, yeah. But even before that, he, he had a few bad weekends in a row. Yeah, there was a puncher towards the race at Silverstone, one of the Silverstone rounds. I forget which one now. I remember in Austria, he had like a balked pit stop. I think a couple of times in the year, actually, he had slow stops, which then put him way back in the pack. So that really mm. wrecked his race when he was up there. Didn't um, start at Spa. Didn't start at Spa, yeah. 
That's bad. So to finish uh, that high in the championship, was he uh, P6 overall? He actually outscored Norris yep. at the end of the season quite comfortably. I know Norris P- broke down at Nürburgring, but I think Science had the fair share of bad luck there. Yeah, P6. Uh, he's really further cement- this season further cemented my opinion that he's really good. Yeah. I, I did get a bit excited at the start of the year. First race of the season, Norris gets podium. Yeah. Great uh, result for uh, Norris, but didn't go anywhere last, else after that, really. No, last lap, getting the fastest lap. Um, yeah. What an exciting, an exciting start to the season. And mm. did start to think maybe McLaren can be up there. But yeah. they, were, they were on the edges of the podium the rest of the year. Um, Sainz obviously coming second at the Italian Grand Prix. Yeah. Very close to winning that. Very, uh, close, very close. But the rest of the year, they were all always hanging about fourth, fifth, sixth, especially Sainz. Um, well, yeah, the last four races he finished fifth, fifth, fourth, sixth. Yeah, sums up the season quite well. And and unlike Albon, he's consistent and always in the mix. Mm. Albon could be brilliant, but then science just shows that if you just keep plugging away, then the, the second place at Monza will appear, <laughs> or leading in Portugal like he did for a few laps. You know, yeah, all these crazy things come your way if you just. Uh, consistent with your performance I think yeah I think Norris took a step forward this year as yeah. well um, yeah. as you say he was beaten in the end but I, I do mm-hmm. think he he took a step forward and he was much he was much more consistent himself what do you think uh, about the bromance between the two drivers I enjoyed it but it got a bit much because yeah. like everything in F1 one Sky and the TV <laughs> companies and, and the social media teams pick up on something yeah. they, 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 they drive it home and they, they kill it basically they kill the fun Yeah, um, I think it was cool that they got on and I really enjoyed their sort of end of season radio messages that they both did yeah. and what I really recommend if you've not seen it or anyone listening not seen it the uh, end, McLaren end of season video where the puppets is the puppet show, yeah. It's quite enjoyable. There's Zach Brown not taking himself seriously and good one. But I would say hat tip to Zach Brown for pulling the team up from the depth, yep. the deepest deepest, darkest depths. Ugh, that was difficult to say. Post Ron Dennis. And also uh Mr. Seidel, Andreas Seidel is he called? Yeah. Who's come from the Porsche LMP one project and he has really helped to drive them forward, I think. In a lot of ways, it's kind of quietly done. Like yeah. they're not they're not shouting constantly. You don't like see and you don't like don't see Andreas Seidel constantly no. shoving his face in front of a camera, no. uh, constantly on the radio to the mm. TV crews. Um, I like the way that they're just going about and pugging away and pugging away. And uh, with Mercedes engine next year, yeah. hopefully that's another little. Little boost for them. Although Renault's Hopefully. engine at times this year was good, and it was yeah. in some races was a really quick package. But going to Mercedes yeah. is obviously going to be a, a benefit going forward. Yeah, you'd hope so. I think it's weird timing hmm. because you're going to have to change quite a bit of the car when then the rules are going to change the year afterwards. But as you say, if the updates are focused on that already, then hopically that's actually true and not just PR hyperbole. Hmm. And then yeah. you know. It works, but I'm I'm not getting too excited. But I, I I agree. I hope the Merck power moves on, the team gels well, and Ricardo will fit into that bromancy, jokey, laddish humour, and hopefully not too much. Maybe too much to start with, but they'll work it out. I, I don't think Voyage will see that next year. To be honest, oh, uh, oh, oh, I don't. I, I genuinely don't think we'll see 
the it won't be the same level as what we've what we've seen this year and the year before. Right. But I think um Ricardo's now what, thirty three, thirty four? And he's uh, Right, it's just uncool for him to be trying to be down with the kids he didn't stream on Twitch like Lando, for example. Exactly. He's he's not a Twitcher, so He's uh, not a Twitcher. <laughs> he won't get the I, memes. I just think he's going into a new team and he's looking at probably the last team he's going to get to for a potential world title. Um, and he's going to go in there and he's going to try and take it over uh, and gear it towards him because otherwise yeah. he's not going to get a... True. He's he's not going to get a chance of fighting for a title uh, again. Yeah. Um, so I think, he's going, I think he's going to go in and try and take that team and gear it towards him. That's a you know, very interesting point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how McLaren manage the mm. two. Obviously, Lando being their chosen son. Yeah, but I just I think that it's his last chance for him. He's got to yeah. go in and take it over. Yeah, we didn't get signed by Ferrari this time, so again. Yeah. So uh, one of the we'll come on to another one later, I think. But one driver who is especially keen to uh, be in a team that can deliver in twenty twenty two, and. Hopefully get a couple of podiums on the way and maybe the odd lucky race win next year. We'll see. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the main thing is McLaren had their mojo back. It was really enjoyable and they, be- they came across as a really likeable, approachable team. Whether that's mm. true or not, I don't know. And I definitely agree with you that the drivers outperformed the vehicle and the team strategists outperformed the vehicle at times. They've, they've benefited from uh, not having Alonso in the car. Oh my word, it's been Wind like a relief, you- hasn't it? It's such a better atmosphere. It's such a better public image. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think Alonso would have done better than Carlos Sainz this year. Anyway, I agree. Um, so I think it's been the past two years for McLaren have just been all positive. Yeah, fully agree. It's just, well, we'll come to it later. But Mister Alonso's back. Hmm. Mm. All right. Anyway, that was McLaren. I think. Yep. <laughs> Racing point. P4, uh, oh. it would have been P3, but they obviously got that points deduction, which I think was 15 points it was, per driver. Yeah. Um, oh, I think which, it was just 15 in total. Oh, I could be wrong. You might be right. Uh, I think... Mm, oh, really? I'm anyway, it was 400,000 euros, which is nothing to Lance, uh, Lawrence. So, yeah. It's by uh, the 15 point, 15 points for the constructor. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think it was... It was uh, I can't remember what it was for the drivers. Uh, if anything, but yeah, you're right. Oh, points, right. Yep. Which cost them P3. Yep. Um, Can you remember why? What did they do that was illegal? They did not buy the Mercedes, not buy, sorry, they copied the design of the Mercedes brake ducts yeah, from the 2019 ducks. car. Yeah. Which became a listed part, which you had to mm. design yourselves. Well remembered, yeah. But they. they but really, they copied the whole copied car. It. And it yeah. was other teams saying, "Oh well, this is the bit we can get them on." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, as if you're the other team, you probably would do that. Exactly. I've, uh, I've, I, I, to be honest, I don't really blame Racing Point for that to too as well. Mercedes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what they've been sitting around fifth, sixth, seventh for two or three years now. Why not try and jump yourself a few positions forward? So, with that in mind. Even though they had a really good season, the best season they've had in a long time, they got the race win, they got a pole position. Mm-hmm. I know we'll come to those in more detail in a bit. But, overall, considering they've got a copy of last year's Merc, 
Mm-hmm. Could they have done even better? Especially at the start of the year. Yeah. I was so disappointed with them at the start of the year because yeah. there was all this hype coming out of Tesla mm-hmm. and all the hype going into Austria that these were probably the second best car on the grid or the third best car on the grid and that Red Bull were really scared of them and yeah. all of this and it never, it never materialised at the start nope. of the year. They, they were midpoints. Yeah. Uh, they were never really close to Red Bull. And it's weird how they got better throughout the season. Yeah. When I'm not sure how much development was going on on upgrades and on all this, but you, it, it was just weird how they didn't get going at the start of the year. No. Um, they'll be happy with, what, three, two podiums, three podiums yep. and a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but that podium count, I think, could have been, should have been much higher. Um, obviously, they had COVID problems. Yes, they did, yeah. Actually, if you look at the results, probably didn't cost them too much. It probably cost them at some points replacing Perez with Hunkerberg. Mm. But um, it probably didn't actually cost them a massive amount since since Hunkerberg was so quick. Yeah, yeah, and like the first, so Perez got uh, COVID, and so Hulkenberg subs in the first of the Silverstone races, right? Qualifies third, incredible, yeah. but then couldn't start the race. Is that correct? I got that right way around. Yeah. Then the second one, he didn't qualify as well, but then he could start the race, but he finished a bit lower down. I think he tried some softer tyres towards the end of the race. It didn't quite work out. But just generally, this gives us an opportunity to talk about the super sub that was Nico Hulkenberg. I thought he did amazing. So then later in the season, uh, Stroll gets COVID, and Hulkenberg does the Eiffel Grand Prix without any practice. Yep. He just jumps in at qualifying, and that was yep. incredible, I thought. Yeah. Uh, finished P8 in that race. But yep. From the last, all, from last though. Yeah. yeah. All the talk going into that was, well, after the first sub, all the talk was he's a shoe-in for a seat. Mm, yeah, uh, forget that, don't you? Yeah, and all that just died away. Uh, well. Like, it was like out of mind after he had done the race. Yeah. I feel sorry for him. I, I, Perez finished the year extremely strongly. An album was a bit mixed. So Perez has got the Red Bull drive for mm. 2021. But up until that point, I was all about Hulkenberg. Get Hulkenberg in the Red Bull. Come on, he deserves it. Yeah. yeah. I'd still love to see that. I still would love to see that. I think it would be great. But it's not going to happen. Um, but he he was really wonderful. Do you have any opinions about someone who perhaps wasn't so wonderful in the uh, seat? Uh, Mr. Stroll Jr.? Lance Stroll. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I actually do think he's a good driver. Um, yeah, I don't I think he's a great agree. driver. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good driver. Um, he got his podium and Mugello. Am I right? Oh no, he had a puncher no. in Mugello and had an accident. But he finished in Monza on the podium. Monza was a podium. And another one in uh, Sakia. Monza was a podium, but it should have been a race win. Exactly. He was second behind Hamilton when Hamilton took his penalty, but yep. had a terrible restart and yeah. then walked up going into turn mm-hmm. Three, four, the chicane. The chicane, yeah. The second chicane, uh, which cost him the win. Should yep. have been his win. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the same about Sakir. Um, he was that... ahead of Perez and he made a mistake and let Perez yep. through. And he also had that run of some bad luck, some mistakes where after his podium, he had the big crash in the jail, which was, wasn't his fault. Yep. He had a few more retirements. Mm-hmm. He got put in his roof. Uh, by Danny Kvyat and Bahrain. Goodness, yes, I've forgotten about that. Uh, so 
there was a combination of bad luck, but it was also, I think, a lot of just poor driving. Yeah, and for me, that is encapsulated in the Portimao race in Portugal, where I think twice he turned in at someone at turn one, once in the race, and once was it in qualifying or practice. Both yeah. for, so he didn't learn from the no. first mistake. No. And he, he had a contact with Norris in the actual race. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's a good driver. He won titles in, uh, I think, F3 before F1. I just feel that now he's made F1 and he's in his dad's team, he's lost 5% of an edge mm. because he doesn't need to be motivated like other drivers who are desperately trying to get a drive. Maybe they might be overdriving all, but there, there is certain this whole thing of, well, I, my parent doesn't own the team, so I might even have a two-year contract, but after that, what's going to happen? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and perform. And that extra mm. little edge... He's just too comfortable. I feel that's my personal opinion. I could be wrong, but yeah, you never, you never see any, I never see any like fighting on when he's doing interviews or anything like that. No, you no, you don't really see any real aggression. Um, yeah. and I'll be, I was reading a few weeks ago that I think the I can't remember the team principal's name for Racing Point now. It's gone. Oh, but o- he was for now something like that. Otmar. Otmar, Otmar Safna. Safna. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I think we're pressure professionals, man. Absolutely, <laughs> we, we know what we're talking about. But I believe he was uh, he was talking about Vettel coaching Stroll and bringing him on. I did see that. I don't think Sebastian Vettel is going into Aston, <laughs> Aston Martin to coach the owner's son. Uh, no. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll pick things up unless Sebastian. there's something in his contract. <laughs> No, and I'm sure Sebastian won't give him advice, but at some point Joel's got to perform on his own and get on top of the car yeah. himself. Um, there's just less back. incentive to perform, I think, when the, there's there's no consequence to him having a bad race. No, he's not going to get sacked. He's he's been in F1 a while now, but he had three yeah. years at Williams. Yeah, and a and couple he's, here. Yeah, he's something like five seasons at least. He needs to. And he does, needs to get consistency because Perez scalped him at the end of the season. Yes. Yeah. Just, just totally Wiped the floor. Them. Yeah. yeah. What word did you say there? Scalped. Scalped. Is that, a, nice... is that a Scottish thing? So, yeah. Slap. <laughs> Put in your place. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. I'm going to have to start using that. Alright. But, listen, um, he's still relatively young. Yeah, he, but he's, he's not an experienced. That's the point. He's now. not an experienced. He does have good pace. At times, he just needs to. Yep. He's got up a... against the world champion now, so he's got to. Yeah. He's, if no he, excuse. If he beats Vettel, his reputation will shoot up. Yep. And uh, he'll claim that drive himself rather than his dad just paying for it. And the record books will forever say that he has a pole position now. He does. And he did that. That was one of his good moments, clearly, but he did beat his teammate to do that. It was yep. difficult conditions. But then in the race, Perez looked after the tyres. And Stroll struggled. Yeah. So, for me again, if he was driving for another team and he'd secured his own sponsorship or he'd got the drive on... on well, he's got the, his place in Formula 1 merit. I don't want to take that away from him because he did do very well in junior formula. But I just think he'd have that extra edge or be able to be more consistent. He is the most inconsistent driver, arguably, in the field. Well, maybe Daniel Kvyat, but we'll, yeah, we'll come to that in a bit. <laughs> it's just frustrating whereas Perez rocky start to the year I thought he threw away a podium at the first round 
Weirdly, because his tyres had worn out, which is very Umperes-like. But then the rest of the season dominated. But I think we should touch on that effectively he was sacked halfway through the year, right? Yeah, and that seemed to... And that gave him a kick up the backside. Yeah, I don't don't know how you've been spending your various lockdowns. um, (laughs) Not doing much. Yeah, but what I was doing uh, is been watching a lot of the old F1 reviews of previous seasons. Oh, nice. Have you got them on DVD or something? No, no, no just on YouTube. Uh, oh, people, you can do that. Right. People have put people have put them up. Uh, nice. And I think I think it is like the DVDs and TV. Yeah. So I've recorded and put up. Nice. Uh, and there's a few things I found interesting. One was Lewis Hamilton when he was really struggling during the period of like 2010, 11. Right. Um, when Jason when Button he, got the up hand on him, I thought. Yeah, and there's easy to forget that interviews he's doing with DC saying that there is really interesting one where he's talking about Jensen in the garage and say Jensen's happy, he's got his family around him, ah. his dad's everybody's happy, his girlfriend's mm. everybody's happy, and this is when Lewis had fallen out with his dad, he had fallen out with Nicole Scherzinger, and just everyone was quite Bad terrible. Times. Yep. Yeah, but the other thing I found interesting watching back those was the last time Perez was in a bit of trouble with his seat. Uh, against Alcon, uh, what two years ago, three years ago? Yeah. Oh, and there was a bit of infighting, and they knock each other's yeah. wing off. Yeah. Alcon seemed super sharp then. Yeah, and I think it was even on the Drive to Survive documentary. I think it was in that. As yeah. That was covered there. Mm. And when Perez's seat was in trouble, then uh, he lost his head. They were right. clashing all the time. They were. Uh, they were not professional. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. They were fighting in public. And it was good fun. Was going, it was good fun. <laughs> but now this time when his seat was under yeah. trouble, he was totally calm and just went out and... Did his own thing. Out, yeah, and just performed amazingly, certainly after yeah. he got sacked. And uh, so, we haven't really talked about the fact that he won a race after all this time. It was a new record yeah. for longest time in F1 before a win. Yeah. It was, it was an, and wasn't it good? Great. Yeah, uh, it was well-deserved. I know he benefited from the Mercs, but yeah. he drove You've a point You've got to take race. that chance. He got past his teammate, he got past Ocon during that race, yep. and he just drove away. Um, yeah. I'm going to put my smug face on now. All your <laughs> listeners won't be able to see it. But uh, when he, he got taken out uh, on lap one, so first of yeah. all, he did well in qualifying, actually, and he got a really good start and was up there. He's he's taken out, but he's managed to sort of reverse away from the gravel and like Verstappen. He obviously knew there was gravel there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when the first safety car happened, it was it was all to play for with Perez and with the tire option because he got rid of the softs at the start. Oh, sorry, that's it. He pitted near the start, didn't he? he got rid of the soft tires after like what one or two laps, hmm. and then later on, everyone else was struggling on the soft tire for a long time. And all the time in the race, he's keeping on going, keeping those laps in on the on the better, harder rubber, and that's what won in the race. It was a great drive. It was the uh, tenaciousness and tenacity all the way through to keep the laps going when he was on. Uh, different tyres to most people. And then he made the moves as well early yeah. on in the race. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a maturity as well because he drives under pressure. He didn't crumble this time like he did last time. Yeah. And uh, he controlled everything that he needed to control mm. and had stalled the pace. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's... I'd like to think he'll go into that Red Bull and give Verstappen a fight. Um, mm. But we know that it's clearly a difficult car to drive the team and the cars also designed around max um so it's going to be real interesting to see if he can compete at that at the front end of the grid it'll be fascinating i hope, I hope he does 
Uh, Me too. Because it's a one-year contract, I think he's got. Yeah, I think right? so. Yep. Um, you can't really see anyone else hanging in the background apart from Shinoda. But again, that would be a really quick promotion for Red Bull. So yeah. I think he's got a good chance of keeping that drive for himself. He just has to get within five tenths. Yeah. If Three. he gets close. Yeah. If he's if he's fourth and fourth and fourth and third and then a couple of races yeah. gets in front of the Mercs, I think Red Bull will be happy with him. And I also hope they give him more than the half season. Yeah. It is all new. It is going to be completely different. It's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, fingers fingers crossed, shall we say. And of course that's the end of Racing Point, that's the end of the pink, that's the end of what was Force India and it's now Yeah, I keep calling them Force India to the to this day because Racing Point is such a lousy name, but also I'm I'm a bit of an idiot. Um but the Aston Martin colours, have you seen them so far? I mean they haven't revealed the livery, but they've got a new sponsor, haven't they? Cognizant, I think, and they've got some teaser pictures. It's gonna be weird to see it, that car being green. Hmm. Yeah, I've not, I, I, I think I've seen Vettel and I like all yeah, the they've got some shot. headshots, haven't they? Now, yeah. Yeah, but um, is is am I right in saying that the deal is more than just a naming deal? This is actually going to become an Aston Martin project. Um, or is it? We'll is see. It just, is it simply a naming deal? Because Lauren Stroll has bought the car company in real life. Yeah. So you'd hope there'd be some involvement and mixing but in essence they are two separate companies that are just mm-hmm. operating under the same same brand name and i don't want to oh no go on we've had a load of rambles all over the place already uh <laughs> aston martin announced they shut down the wc world endurance championship program uh to sort of you know now they've got f1 i guess all the money's going towards that mm. uh which is a bit of a shame but that was run by pro drive anyway not even aston martin from the factory um so maybe maybe they'll they'll cross over. I hope so, but I don't think there's any team members in the Aston Martin car company who know how to run a Formula One team and vice versa. Really, mm. there's just the Stroll guy connecting them. Yeah, the real rich guy at the top. Yeah, interesting theory though. How about this? How mm. about this? This is not fully formulated. Give it to me. But and I can't remember the people's name. Moyer is he called Moore and Andreas Moyer? Anyway. Aston Martin Road Cars has got the X they've poached from AMG, the mm-hmm. Mercedes performance division, their road car boss, and he's now heading up Aston Martin Road Cars. Mm. So and what if Mercedes sort of sells their Formula One team in the coming years? Or or the other rumour is something along the lines of Daimler's just bought a bigger stake in Aston Martin as well. So what if there's something going on there that we're actually it all sort of gets amalgamated, and there is only one team. It's Aston Martin. Mercedes is formally withdrawn. Ah, interesting times ahead. I don't have the answer to that, but it's interesting how there's an ex-AMG boss at Aston Martin, and Daimler has invested more in Aston Martin as a result. Mm. Food for thought. Anyway. Mm, so you think that either, there's something either, there? Either there'll be a name transfer or a resource something. transfer, or I think I think Mercedes went out. Maybe have Team Ineos or whatever. Yeah, I, and I then don't really Aston understand. Martin exists. Do you and what was the? Because this has been hanging for a couple of years now. Mercedes wanting out of F one. What do you think's behind that? Uh, yeah. Also, my understanding was that well, they invest a huge amount of money, so it's got to be very expensive. And yeah. the, and the rest of the corporate company is under great stresses in terms of electrification of their models. A lot of their margin is on big thirsty SUVs or thirsty performance cars. 
Mm. So they're going to have to diversify rapidly uh, from the road car business, which is the bread and butter. But then my understanding was, even though it's, they invest the biggest budget, allegedly, that the Mercedes Formula 1 team actually operates at some sort of profit. So mm. I'm wondering, yeah, if it's just a public perception thing of, well, we want to clean up our act a bit and doing F1 seems a bit frivolous in a time where we've had to change our board members and we've had to do cutbacks and stuff like this. You never know, do you, with a road... When a car manufacturer's involved, they could pull out at any second, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's never stable, ever. No. The ownership structure of that team, I've always found a bit odd as well. Total Wolf, I think, mm. he, was it 50% ownership he had until recently, where it's now yeah. 33% between them, Enios, and... Someone else. Uh, and, Is it Petronas? Oh, and, Dame, and Daimler. Oh, Daimler, okay. Yeah. But, um, I do... I find it strange if you try to clean up your act, you then get into bed with a petrochemical company. Ah, uh, yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, that's another I mean, story. I mean, the, the giant Enios oil refinery is five minutes from my house. And the, the ah, night okay. sky... The night some insider interest in details. Well, the, the night sky is always bright orange from all the flares that are going off and all oh, the smoke God. and the steam. So it, it seems a bit strange mm. to then be... Mm. And it, I think any also I know I've got involved in cycling and things like that the past few years. Um, I do find it a bit strange them buying into an F one team as well. It just seems it's slightly weird, isn't it? It just all feels a bit odd. Um, yeah, there's something in the water there, and I just don't think we've joined the dots correctly. No, but it's definitely moving. Total um, Wolf uh, part owns Aston Martin as well, doesn't he? It does. Got some shares. Yeah, good point. F- Interesting. He, he sh- probably should move on if he's I'm wondering if Mercedes formally withdraws but it will eventually own Aston Martin so therefore it's still involved mm. And but I don't know in terms of the two different uh, separate physical locations and teams one in Brackley and one in Silverstone is actually going to work out in that, all that that's what I can't understand mm. but that's maybe what, what will happen maybe Aston Martin becomes Mercedes Daimler's official involvement and but it, which would be weird because you'd want the the good squad. Yeah. All right. I spent too long talking about that. But there's something <laughs> in the water. We'll come back to this in a year. Something that's a bit more clearer, though, is uh, Renault's new oh, yes. st- ownership structure, management structure, team names, etc., etc. So Renault's, yeah, no mo- Renault's no more, and Cyril Abitoul's out. How, uh, how do you. How do you say his surname? I can't pronounce I it. I, I said Abitul, but I'm Ab- not hurt. Abitable? Abitable. Anyway, we don't have to worry about it anymore now. No, he's gone. Uh, <laughs> but do you, were you surprised after this season that he was moved on? Um, I, I, I thought he was on a his coat was on a sugar peg, let me say, the past few seasons. That's a good expression. Um, but I don't. I'm not surprised myself that he's gone. Hmm. I think in previous years, I agree with you. What was the expression? His coat was on a what? His coat's on a shiggly peg. Shiggly peg. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But then this year, they got some podiums at last. They did. Um, but and there was they... a chance of third in the constructors. constructors. Yeah. And they announced, the weirdest thing is they announced him for next year as the boss of the Formula 1 team and the road car Alpine division. Mm. Why? And then all of a sudden, we've got this about turn. It's bizarre. When they announced that he was going to take over the Alpine division, uh, alarm bells went in my head. Uh, that that seemed to kind of be 
it was kind of poison chalice in a way. I kind of felt like that was a, mm. this, this is last chance saloon for you to prove yourself. Yeah. But he only had three weeks to do it. He did, <laughs> and then he was gone. I mean, I think Renault, obviously, I think, did not come fourth in the championship a couple of years ago. Or was it third? No, it was fourth, wasn't it? I think it was fourth, but uh, yeah. I don't know. And I don't want to say. And it looked like they were going to take a big step forward, and then they never did. Uh, yeah. This season, they did have good periods. Yeah, that um, that team historically, whether it's been called Renault or Lotus, still has a really good history. Or Benetton mm. before that, it's just had a dip of form of late. So there's always the potential. Yeah, that that potential has never quite came in the past few years. No, and I, I wondered if just going into this is the final year of these rules. We want to get 2022 right. Let's make the change now, rather than maybe giving them another year. Yeah. And the change is interesting. It's the uh, so Suzuki won MotoGP this year, which was an incredible result. I don't want to, uh, another crazy year as well. Um, so they've got their boss Davide Brivio, who I thought would why would you not want to continue at Suzuki because you've just won the title? But clearly, mm. the lure of a mid-grid F1 team is even more because <laughs> uh, he's got the he's got the top job. It's been confirmed. It might have even been confirmed today that officially that he is now. The boss of the Alpine F1 team, so that's it'd be interesting to see someone coming from a slightly different angle. But then to be a team leader in one sport, it's all about motivation, I guess. A lot of it, not the technical aspects, right? Maybe so mm. it could work. It'll be interesting. Yep. I mean, what did you think? Oh, yeah, we should talk about that year, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, was it? What do you think of the year overall? I mean, I think Daniel Ricciardo. I think was pretty impressive through I would the mid, mid, middle of the season. I'd say mm. it was impressive. Um, Ocon, I never really felt like, got too close to Ricardo at any real mm. point. He got his second place in Secure, but it was never really... Yeah. It wasn't Ocon I was expecting after no, it was, years at Force India. It was a subdued Ocon. And, and I think it was... Which of the Austrian races was a wet qualifying? Was it the second one, the Styrian Grand Prix? Yeah, he did very well in qualifying there, not qualified Ricardo. And I said something like, "Here we go, the old Ocon <laughs> is back." And little did I know that I think I think it's almost like a Hamilton Bottas scenario where um, he once he'd got a few bad results against Daniel, his dander yeah. was down. Um, he had that weird crashing practice for Spanish Grand Prix where he was trying oh, to avoid yeah. Magnussen. Yeah. And at the end of the Monza race, he had a complaint, and they're like, "No, no, you can't talk about stuff." You know, it, things actually got frosty for a bit there. And I think yeah. without the podium, they could have been, you know, maybe signing someone else for next year if it wasn't. You know, there was a moment there where it was a bit on shaky ground. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your results, and uh, the now, and there's a couple of six, couple of fifths, but there's a lot of retirements. Yep. Um, and even the season end was ninth, eleventh. Well. Retirement eleventh, ninth, second, ninth. So, yeah, he's he's uh he's all over the place. Because then Ricardo was middle of the season was fourth, sixth, fourth, fifth, third, yeah. third, third. It was just there was a big difference between the two. Ricardo finished fifth in the championship. Ocon twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is quite a big delta, as David Coulthard would say. But I would say yeah. difference because I'm a human being. Um. <laughs> And so well, it would have been good to see him step on, but I don't think he quite did. But we don't, we don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, let's see what he does next year. Well, if he was close up to Ricardo's results, let's just say they would have probably got third. 
Ooh, good point. There, there was a yeah. good good chunk of that season. I'm thinking Spa, Monza, where, and uh, I think even Mugello, they were strong. Yeah. Their, their, their car was the third best car. Yeah. Wasn't it uh, weird how it was on the quick tracks that the Renault was strong? Yeah. Which is completely opposite to what we'd normally expect, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But they weren't good on the twistier, slower stuff. So I don't know if that was an aero imbalance, how the aero were designed. I don't think that's because the engine's particularly amazing in a straight line. I think it's more to do with that car's strengths and weaknesses in the aero point of view. I could be wrong there. So it's a big year for him next year going up against Fernando Alonso. The return of the king ish. Yeah. The, uh, the guy who had two good seasons about 15 years ago. <laughs> Ouch. Well, when you think back, what was it, 2005 and six? Yes, I think so, yeah. 15 years since uh, he won the last title then. Goodness. It's been a long time. Yeah, but he has been competitive since, although 2007 he got whooped by some rookie guy. Not he did. whooped, but it was close. Yeah. And the Ferrari years he was sort of... Second, he was close to a couple of titles, uh, but then he managed, but his personality managed to force him out of a winning car. <laughs> um, mm. where and Vitaly Petrov, and... it's all his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I think he still holds a grudge over him for that, by the way. I was watching that again recently. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's funny, it is funny, because Petrov drove a great race. Yeah. He pitted on lap two or something and, and did the whole race on one set of tyres. And kept Alonso behind. Yeah. You know, fair play. It's not his fault. There's nothing to be angry about. I know. You just couldn't <laughs> beat the guy. But um... It's not Petro's fault anyway. It was Ferrari's fault for uh, pitting against Weber and forgetting about Vettel. That's actually mm-hmm. what happened in that race, but I digress. That was, that was, that's a podcast <laughs> for another time. What was crazy, though, did you see the footage of Alonso in Abu Dhabi driving the old V10 Renault? I did. What do you think was... about that? Incredible! I, I want I want those engines back. <laughs> I I just I think those cars just look better as well. They're like narrow. They're narrow. They're and they look more active. If you know what I mean. I feel like when you're mm. watching the onboards of the guys in the F1 cars now, it's just it's like watching us on the PlayStation. No, it's just it's just like it feels like it's turning the wheel when it's just gone around the corner. It's it's just yeah. fine. But I feel like Alonso. You watch him on the wheel. He's wrestling he's, it. He's, he's wrestling it. He's he's feeling the grip. He's it feels like a proper yeah. It's fierce. A proper F one car. Uh, yeah. I know we'll never go back to big engines that no, scream no, like over. that. But uh, so I are wish, we saying I the highlight of Renault's season was Alonso driving an old car? It was. <laughs> that's, that's as good as it can be. Oh, and have we seen a picture of Cyril's tattoo? No, I don't think he got it. Has he got it yet? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think he Doesn't matter now. He's, he's just got sacked. I don't think he'll bother. Um, eh, did, so Renault was meh, but it could have been better. It was close to being good. They've got a. I do like the livery for the the, the winter time. Uh, have you seen that? Yeah, I have for the Alpine. Yeah, but I, it's I, it's not the final one, is it? So no, no, it's just it's just I think for testing. Uh, but I do really like it. Uh, if that's going to be a new color scheme. Yeah, I think for me, just to go on a little tangent. I really like the Alpine road car division. I don't know why it exists. It, making one <laughs> custom-designed sports car that doesn't share a platform with anything else in a singular brand is not a business case, especially in this current era. 
but I enjoy it and I like it exists. So branding the F1 team to me suggests, okay, there's going to be a plan and we're going to actually make an effort of it. So that's great. But I think the team will just be treading water. I don't know. Oh, how about this? Do you want to have a bet? Do you think Alonso will beat Ocon next year or not? Yes. You do? Oh, because I'm I don't... to say he's not. Because I think he's a, a nasty git and he's going to go in and take <laughs> over that team and put Ocon to the curb. As he always does. Yeah, okay. When you put it like that, I can't disagree. Let's not have uh, a bet. I'd like to see Ocon do well next year. Me I think too. he needs... If he doesn't beat Ocon, uh, if he doesn't beat um, Alonso, Alonso next year, he's out. Then his career's over. Yeah, because uh, there's other Frenchmen who could probably slip mm. into that seat quite easily. Yes, there but is. The, the, the Alpine name change uh, struck me as uh, Cyril trying to save his job since he was put in charge. Maybe, yeah, maybe. And that seemed like an easy decision for him. He's put in charge of a road car division mm. that seems unsalvageable in some yeah. ways. Uh, <laughs> let's change the name of the F1 team. True. I, I do wonder if Renault are regretting that now that mm. it's, it's not under a single management because the race team's going to be I've forgotten the guy's name from Suzuki uh, Brivio yeah he's now race manager um, yeah and I don't think they've announced a new head that I've seen anyway ah, okay. they might have done I've not seen it if, if they have sorry yeah so the, that kind of continuity is just kind of been broken by completely the guy who was supposed to head it up so uh, I wonder if, it is I weird wonder, I do wonder if they regret it but yeah. if, you're right if they're going to invest in that division then yeah. it might be a good branding and I, I just want to say as well like we've got the rebrand but I think a very real stage of the year it could have been that team was withdrawn yeah uh, Renault as a road car division is struggling um their market shares dwindled. On the flip side to that, they're one of their their budget brand Dutch is doing very very well, but then that's not the brand you'd ever promote in Formula One. No. So it could have been a very realistic time, I think, without the rebrand that nothing happened. Also, you know, if they weren't able to get Alonso, that would have also been the end probably as well. So we'll see. I'm glad they're around for two years, and we just have to sort of hope they step on a bit. Do you think they'll step up? Going into the new rules? No, I think they're just treading water for another... Oh, yeah, going into the new rules, I hope so. But yeah. 2021, this year, they're just treading water. Yeah, and the fight for third again. But... I don't think they'll even do that. I'll buy that for prediction. No. Alonso will come back in. and he'll get a 10th yeah. place position in the first race <laughs> and he'll go, Ah, oh, I'm back, everybody. He might, yeah, he might get fourth or podium in the first race. And, it, yeah. and then, actually, what'll happen is he'll be fighting for points at the bottom. Mm. Oof, I'm putting it out. Stick him a neck on the line. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a prediction. Ferrari, since yeah. we're talking about trade and water. <laughs> Isn't it weird how it's been so late into this podcast when I'm mentioning Ferrari? Yeah. They are... Basically, they were caught cheating. <laughs> and yeah, they yeah, to, yeah. They had to take their medicine over the this season. They let everybody down, because it's not just Ferrari they let down, it's Haas and Alfa Romeo. Yep. Uh, the engine is such a strong... Power unit, sorry, is such a strong component of main component of your Formula One car performance. And these guys were still on the straight. So yeah. game over really. Yeah. Um their new engine, they're they're picking up as it's gonna be uh, a cure for all the problems. I believe it when I see it. I, part of me is that media speculation to try and get us hyped for the new season of Formula One. Come on yeah. guys, they could do it. We've got an extra fifteen horsepower. Yeah. I just, this of uh, course means that you know only improves you if no one else improves as well. Yeah, 
which Mercedes stopped developing their car about five races in and yep. started developing this year's car. Exactly. So exactly. It's they're just. Uh, they might get back up in the fight for third, but they're not going to do much better. But I think what this season did show is how good Charles Leclerc is. Yep. And uh, perhaps how political Fry mm. may be. Or mm. is he showing how quickly that team moved over to Leclerc? Yep. Or it showed that Sebastian Vettel was over the hill. And, and yeah. certainly in that team had his time. If we're saying that Bottas was demoralised and Albon lost his drive, mm. Vettel got rewarded with an expensive contract to Aston Martin for being the worst teammate of the year. Yeah. It's not Absolutely. very justified, in my opinion. Well, I'm just looking for Leclerc. Leclerc outdrove the car. I think that's clear. Yeah, because he did. There, there but he also problem. overdrove a bit sometimes amid some errors. Yeah, but he certainly did better than that car should have ever done. I'm looking. He had two podiums in the first four races, somehow. He had another three fourth places, uh, and then was always in the points. But, uh, there was only three races where he wasn't in the points and didn't retire. Yeah. I mean, that's... For a car that bad, yep. it was pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Vettel getting one podium all year, uh, finishing 13th in the points... Uh, and Leclerc actually having some fight and the opportunity at least to be there or thereabouts somewhere mm. in that mix in the top six. Incredible. I, I can say, I, I think he did overdrive. In order to get those performance, he had to overdrive. And that, you know, he crashed on his own in Monza during the race. He mm. arguably caused um, uh, at the Sakia race the incident on the first lap. And there was a couple of other misdemeanors throughout the year, but it doesn't matter because. Or maybe there was the contact one of the Austrian races was that his fault with his teammate. doesn't matter really mm, yeah. because the incredible performance makes you forget all those small mistakes. Mm. Yeah. And he's a star driver, so how is Sainz going to get on there? We'll see. Yeah, it's, it's, you can understand why Ferrari signed Sainz because he's an incredible driver. Yep. But Ferrari's He's almost too good. Ferrari, yeah, Ferrari's never been a team that likes two incredible drivers. Ever, ever, ever. They they like one incredible driver and a Muppet next to him who can yeah. sit in these mirrors. Uh, Fernando the, the, is faster than you. Exactly. Um, so I can't I think that that's it's a risk for them, but it's not it's not a big risk. It's not a big problem when they're not in the fight for wins. It's a big problem when they go into 2022 and they've got two strong drivers and they're fighting for wins. I can see from Carlos's point of view that, well, Ferrari's come knocking, so you would, wouldn't you? But then, yeah. oh, I've said that expression twice this podcast, I do apologise. But then, it seems to be so centred around Charles. He's been their protégé for, even before when he drove for Ferrari, he was drove for Alfa, then he was backed by Ferrari in the junior formula. Um, the it it's going to be difficult. Well, anyway, this year, Charles was great. We'll see what happens next year. We hope, really, even though I'm not a huge, I'm not a member of the Tifosi, that Ferrari steps up a gear, but we'll see. Yeah, I, you want them back at the front. You do, At least really. co- closer to Mercedes. Um, and I, I want to see Carlos Sainz win a race. Because yeah. um, I feel like he's, he's good enough. Yep. He's good enough for a top drive. And if you get the chance at a top team, you can't mm. say no. Yep. I mean, um, how well we're talking about Nico Hulkenberg and 
Perez Eller never getting a top drive, yep. and Perez is finally getting it in his 30s. Hulkenberg's now out of the sport. Mm. These really good drivers um, never got the chance, and yeah. if they do get the chance, they, they can't really miss it out. No. So you've got to go for it. Um, got to go for it. Yeah. Well, not much else to say about Ferrari, really. No. Other than it was a massive crushing disappointment for everybody involved. And I'm surprised Binotto has still got a job. Yep, I agree. I'm I'm shocked that he's still there. Yep. Considering how... Uh, Blame culture ruthless. it is. Yeah. Uh, ruthless for her. I mean, I can't remember the previous guy's name. Uh, Riga... Rig, no, Riga Tony. That's a... Uh, I forgot his name. But the really gruff guy That's a pasta, you've named a pasta. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. What was his name? Uh, I can't remember. It's like Arovideci or something, isn't it? That's it. <laughs> it's um, not that's goodbye in that's, Italian. Oh, God. It's something like that. It was the guy from Marlborough, though, right? Who looked like he smoked 27 million a day. Is that what we were thinking of? Yeah. Uh, Grey haired, beard. Yeah. Gr- gruff, beautiful man. I'm going to uh, Google him now while you talk. But if, if you look at what Ferrari were doing under him, they were fighting for wins. They, they made a lot of mistakes. Let's be wrong. Ferrari operationally are a terrible team. They get strategy wrong all the yeah. time. They get pit stops wrong all the time. They're mm-hmm. they're a mess that way. But he was sacked while they were competing. Uh, yeah. But somehow been always exactly his job when they're not. They're probably all blaming so. the previous guy. I don't know. But Maurizio Arabinit Arabinit. Oh, I can't say it. Uh, Ari Va Bene. Arriva Bene. Yes. Arriva Bene. Arriva Bennett. There we go. But Man, was, that was, was embarrassing. We got that very wrong, but that's funny. Yep. <laughs> he, he he was sacked for finishing second, so... Yeah, I know. Benotto needs to get this year right and next year right. Bring back Luca de Montezemolo. Although he wasn't the team principal, he was the Ferrari boss, and that was the best area for that company, road car and race car, I think. Um, who was before that, though? Stefano Dominicali, right. Now, yeah. isn't he now the boss of F1? Yes. He's Interesting. Taken o- he's taken over from Chase Carey. He is. Kn- yeah. Week. He's affected. So Ferrari bias rumors already. Yeah. We've got Jean Todd at the head of the FIA. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Although Dominicali comes from uh, the Lamborghini road car company, I don't know if he came straight from that, but he has been doing that of late. So he's. I don't think he's that biased, but you never no. know, do you? you can... I do think it's shocking that the Jean Todd agreed to keep whatever they were doing with their engine the year before secret and came to uh, a private yeah. deal with Ferrari. We don't know the punishment. details, do we? No. Uh, the rumours were that they found a way to either trick or bypass a fuel flow sensor so they were able to generate more power. But the fact that that's all been covered up in a secret agreement uh, just stinks to me. Yeah. yeah. I feel uh, It's one of those I feel like, take your pain for a year and then we'll, we'll wait you get back to the front the year after. Yeah. You know, maybe they're allowed to turn up the wick again. Yeah, they're, they're, hmm. that's maybe this. This is maybe a punishment year. There was a deal done. We know there was a deal done. It seems strange that that was done and kept private. If it wasn't dodgy, it would be public knowledge. Exactly is my thinking. That's my personal opinion. Don't if come in catch... at night and shoot me, please. No, no. But if you if you catch a member of your sport cheating, it's always published what they did. Yeah, I mean the racing. The full racing point issue was widely published. Yep. All the papers were public, and the fact that Ferrari's wasn't as... It goes back to those Bernie days of... Oh, early days of F1 means that 
And Bernie Eccleston's opinion was always along the lines of something, and I'm completely paraphrasing, you know, F1 isn't F1 without Ferrari. So they would have leveraged that, I'm sure. Well, you know, if you throw us out of last year's results, you know, come on, it doesn't count. Ferrari are always threatening to quit. Um, Oh, yeah. Actually, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. At least a year. (laughs) Yeah. But, same with Red Bull, actually. Yeah. Um, But, to be honest, I don't think that it would be a big loss to F1 to not have Ferrari, but I'm not one of those that think that there's the be all and end all. Oh, there'll be riots on the street, Colin. <laughs> not they've from not me. Won, they've not won a title in 14 years. Yeah, they're, I know. They're not, mm. they're not the force that they were under uh, Schumacher. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a bit less concerned myself about if they were to throw their toys at the pram one oh, year and quit. That's controversial, that is. Uh, it would hurt F1, but I'd, I'm personally of the opinion that yeah, I'm just, I think we're just, F1's big enough to survive without them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, good way of looking at it. Yeah. I'm same just not a Red... huge fan, but I would miss him. No. And same with Red Bull. If they want to throw their toys at the pram and quit, F1 will survive without them. Yeah, although it would take out four cars, not just two. Ah, fair. Ah, who cares? <laughs> I'm fed up with Christian Horner. <laughs> body coming out every year with his begging pot saying, can we change the rules to help us? If they leave, can we bring back Stuart Grand Prix, please? Thanks. <laughs> There's some great old teams you could bring back. Yeah. Life is more boring without Eddie Jordan. <laughs> I did. I did uh, that might be too uh, far. I'll take that back. I did see some Eddie Jordan quotes, however. Did I'm you? Not, well, not speak about them. I've not read them, so yeah. Oh, it's just him being a whinge. You know. <laughs> uh, anyway, wait, yeah, wait, wait. Ferrari, there. Oh, yeah. They'll be back, but uh, they're taking their, their punishment. Mm-hmm. Alpha Terry, though. Uh, weird. If here. I want. What a year. I, I think they've been outstanding. Uh, especially Pierre Gasly. Um, the win in Italy was mega to hold off Clifford uh, It Cars. was just the best thing to see. Yeah. Uh, he held off Carlos Sainz in a Clifford car. He held off, well, Lance Stroll. Uh, yep. He was behind him too. Mm. Clifford car. In a Mercedes. Yep. And I think that was that was my highlight of the year, actually. Was the Italian Grand Prix? Oh, really? Seen that race? Yeah. yeah seen, seen him win. Yeah. Um, the guy I thought was garbage. To be brutally honest, Everyone, uh, a lot of people did, didn't they? Well, he was good, red, and then, but yeah. After his Red Bull run, sacked he, halfway through a year. That's bad. Yeah, he, he looked like he was finished for yeah. a few races, even after that. But then yeah. he, he came back, and I think the Alpha Terry car looks. I, I don't think he would want to go back into Red Bull and be second fiddle. So I think he's he's in the right place for now. Yeah, he's signed there for one more year, hasn't he? Sensible, mm. sensible decision. Maybe it was mutual. But his win, it wasn't just his win this year. It was also, I seem to remember someone was overtaking him during the Eiffel Grand Prix and I thought, oh, that's smart. He's not fight, fought it too hard. You know, he's much more self-aware than he's previously been with the placing of the car. Um, he also had a good result in the Portuguese Grand Prix, I think it was. Um, yeah, he was uh, P5. The Eiffel Grand Prix was P6. Bahrain, P6. They're all really good for that for that car. So, it's the win's incredible. It, wasn't it just amazing to see like the the retribution there, or yeah. the validation of his talents? It must. I can't believe. I can't understand what it would feel like for him. But it also was just good throughout the year as well. Yeah. Consistently good. Uh, he didn't really 
I can't really remember many mistakes either from him. Uh, I think it was it when he was fighting Albo and Albo was on the radio whinging about people Why they fight so me hard. so hard. Because yeah, you're an F1 driver <laughs> and everyone wants your job. Yeah. See, I took that as, oh, why are the other, you know, why is the other Red Bull, Red Bull team not letting the other one through? But yeah. there's many reasons for that. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know Pierre had these whinges over the radio every now and again, but he was just solid all year. Um, Very impressive. Uh, Very impressive. Well, I think. Uh, I think long term he's not going to be in the Red Bull family. They clearly don't like him at Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, he's had some falling outs apparently. It's according to Paul DeResta. Um, mm. Paul DeResta said that in his exit from Red Bull, some some words were said and some uh, relationships were broken. Dear, uh, dear. So I think he's probably got an eye on a. He's got an eye on a Renault drive. So he could be lucky. It was lucky that he got an Alpha Tauri seat almost. Yeah. In some respects. Yeah. Yeah. It, I hope he does move on. See, on, on a serious note, because his talent is worthy of a, a drive, because I honestly feel that the AlphaTauri will never, ever be a race winner. And it must be pretty difficult to be in a seat where you know there's never the chance, because the Red Bull car will always be better. Yeah. So at the very least, you're never going to be better than that car, in theory. Red Bull say it's now a sister team rather than a junior team, but nah. I don't see that. I, I think if you were to compare the budgets. Yeah. They're, they're not they're not going to be equal um, and what's what's the more valuable brand for the red bull company is it the red bull or is it the alpha terry that sells 700 pound parkas <laughs> i think uh, it's probably the energy drink yeah yeah then do you want to talk about the second driver it's almost easy to for, forget him but daniel kvyat daniel kvyat career ending he, season i thought he had a good season to be it fair. is yeah um there was the usual kvyat moments what like P eleven, P twelve, like every other race. Yeah, and then and then putting people on the roof. <laughs> just oh yeah, roofs. there was that. Uh, but I thought it it was driving pretty well. I think the first race of the season had brake problems. Then he got some points. A bunch of Silverstone, which he thought was his fault. That was a big crash. Big that crash. Was, yeah, and then he got fourth in. Was it Monza? Imola. Oh, man, Imola. I've four. watched that clip of him doing the safety car restart. I think it was a safety car restart about four or five times. Yeah. It comes out the last corner and he's got everything lined up and you can see him pressing all the buttons. So he's like managing the energy. He's got enough battery boost built up. He positions it perfectly. He gets double slipstream. I mean, where's that driver been in the last four years? It, yeah. it was perfect. It was almost like he's ahead of Gasly in that race. So, oh, right. I'm actually going to be able to do something now. So that was amazing. That was and, amazing. Uh, Leclerc, what did he take? Yeah, then he, then later in the lap, he got Leclerc yeah. as well, which is just wow. What a, what a bright move! I know. <laughs> so, I actually, I do like Danny Kvyat. Me too. Uh, Me too. I, I think I tweeted during the season that uh, it was a mistake for Red Bull to drop him because mm. in their troubles, but it wasn't obviously because they dropped him for Max Verstappen. But they've been set. They've I been agree. Set I don't. I don't. Th- I think it would have been good for him to finish that season way back when, when he was in the Red Bull. And get Max yeah. in the next year, but then Max won straight away. I know, but I know, but it, it yeah. just in, in their search for a second driver the past few years. Um, if you look at the first season, he outscored Ricardo. Uh, second season, he got a podium. He was he had a bad race in Russia, where he wiped out Vettel. It almost feels like that 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 is what lost in the drive. Yeah. It, it felt it feels harsh now. Yeah. 
there was other moments he crashed uh, Japan he had that bad crash oh yeah overall. things like that yeah. but I think overall he was a decent second driver mm. um, and certainly I think he would have done better than Albon yeah and, and he even would have probably done better than Gasly last season yeah so, I feel I feel a bit sorry for him. I, think I feel sorry for him, driver. and he's had a good mental. He's got a good attitude to the fact that he knew it was on borrowed time. Yeah. It's quite. He's still been quite positive in his interviews and stuff. He qualified P six in Abu Dhabi, which was great. The race didn't go to plan, but yeah, good speed. I don't. I don't think he'll be back. But no, I think it's over. I think he's trying to get back, but I, I don't see anyone. I wonder if they could have him like the reserve driver or something next year for something. Yeah. You know, in the years in the wilderness, he was Ferrari's like simulator person, wasn't he, for a bit. Maybe yeah, you could get a, another role like that. Yeah, just to keep him around the sport. Mm. I've, 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 I've not seen what he's doing next year, but uh, I know he was talking about trying to stick around somewhere. I think he's really good. I think he's quick. He's had a good year, but there's too many outside of the points finishes. So yeah. we've got um, three P11s and three P12s. Hmm. They're fine. It's fine, isn't it? But you don't get points for that. So he can switch it on, but just not not on a regular basis. And that's a shame. But he's going to be replaced by a new up-and-coming talent, talent. So that's okay. At least it's not been Alonso in the seat instead or something. No. Uh, Sonoda's. I'm quite excited to see how he'll do. Um, we need a good yeah. Japanese driver. It's been a while. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Was it Kobayashi was the last one? I think that was the last good one. Yeah, definitely. Has there been other since? I don't know. I was just saying that to just protect myself in case I could. <laughs> I couldn't remember. <laughs> I, could... I think it's uh, the last one. Could be actually, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think he, he had a good year in F two. Uh, had a couple of good wins. Yeah. He, uh, he inherited one win from Mazepin at one get Hungary, but he was quick all year, um, and it'll be interesting to see him battling Gasly, uh, and whether. For a Shinoda, if he beats Gasly and Perez has a horrible year, who knows? It's, it's, he's probably going straight into Red Bull. Um, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bit worried about yeah. Red Bull doing that. But I'm, I'm excited to see him next year. It'd be interesting. Part of me thinks maybe he should have had another year in F two, or I don't know. I don't know. This is bad and ignorant on my part. If he's already done Super Formula in Japan. But he, I don't know. I, I I think he's great and he's a good talent. Oh, maybe another year in junior formula might have helped him a bit better. I just don't want him to rush it. No. I mean, where did he finish in the championship? Was it fourth or fifth? Or... I'm not sure. I was I was going to say P3, but was it? you're probably more up to tune oh, than me. Oh, someone oh. someone is listening to this going, oh my God. I know, you're right. Do... Yeah, but you're right. It was P3. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, you're well done. You pay more attention to me to have to, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but that was the I didn't watch every F two race this year. Mm. I watched, I watched I think probably I watched about half of them. But I mean I did he he was always quite close to the front and doing quite well. Um but it's like a lot of good drivers in F two. Yeah, there is. Um I personally just find I've said it before I think, but I personally find it a little harder to find see through the F two sort of two race format semi-reverse grid DRS different tyre compound pit stop formula to see mm. which are the true true talents for want of a better phrase mm. it's harder to tell because someone might have like a a good tyre strategy or something and 
But uh, but actually, the cream always is right at the top. So I agree. There's some great there's some great drivers in there. Unfortunately, Dan Tictum's one of them. But you know, Dick Tatrum is there. dub journey here. Yeah, that's great. Uh, there's there's a lot of drivers in F two as well who are not so great off the track. Uh, and well, we'll come to one of those in a bit. Yeah, we'll come to him later. <laughs> uh, move on to Alpha. I wonder who you could be alluding to there, Colin. <laughs> I know. I wonder who I'm talking about. Uh, Alpha Romeo, kind of a nothing season. Yeah, what, is there anything to say to that other than Kimi Raikkonen qualified last, and I think more than once, and that's terrible. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen wasn't very impressive, <laughs> to be honest. I'm slightly surprised he stayed on and wanted to keep him on rather than take on uh, another Ferrari junior driver mm, mm. with potentially some more money. Because mm. um, Kimi Raikkonen's not a cheap driver, mm. and uh, there is Ferrari-backed drivers in F2 that probably could have moved up. Yeah, I think... Um, Another, a team a team that was damaged by the Ferrari engine. Yep. Not much more to say than that. The highlight was the, the video of Kimi uh, driving Giovinazzi around the Nürburgring. I don't know if you've seen that in a road car. <laughs> yep. That's the best thing of their season. Um, well, my, my, my highlight was when uh, Kimi was following Giovinazzi in Spa. Oh, yeah. Complaining on the radio, he couldn't uh, go stop. And then as soon as Giovinazzi crashes, up, oh, he's off. Yeah. Told you. I told you like the past. <laughs> so uh, I thought Giovinazzi did better this year than he did last year in a worse car. Yeah. Uh, I was... still wasn't I still wasn't massively impressed. It was good off the good off the line. Mm. Um but really I've not really seen Yeah, the... But the good off the line thing reminds me of I think well maybe this is wrong because maybe Kimi was great off the line, I didn't notice it. Giovinazzi did it was better than good off the line. He was good on lap one. He was able to yep. overtake stuff. But the Alphas are good off the line. They've got something. Remember the Hockenheim wet dry race? Was it last season? Or the season before? Dis- and they got disqualified for it yeah, because they're yeah. doing something funny with the start procedure. They've got they some version of traction control somehow built in. Yeah. I remember, I was listening to something today, and the Renault team back in the day used to have a crazy start. If you watched them back in the day, they were always crazy off the line. And apparently, they just went to the Santa Pod drag raceway and just tested 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 start line start line start line start line for months on end and had mm. some crazy setup for it maybe alpha does something like that you don't know i suppose you know how to do that with the testing regs i'm not sure no anyway i, I, I do remember that i wonder i wonder mm. if there's something going on one to Kim, watch next Kim, year kemi uh was it magill no, not Miguel. Oh, Portimao, he was good. Portimao, yeah. That was that amazing. First, that first lap was incredible. All right, that was the highlight of the year. That's better than the yeah. Nürburgring video. Yeah, that was good. Because but... he was even overtaking people on the same tyres. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. So maybe that is enough to warrant a drive next year if you've got more power. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was expecting a Ferrari Junior, like, I don't know, Schwarzman or something to end up. Yeah, there, same. Obviously, quite happy with what I've got. Mm-hmm. Nothing more really to say about them. Nope, me neither. No. Nope. Uh, what to say about this one, though? Oh, good old Haas. Uh, two or three points finishes this year. I think it's a couple, yeah. I think there was... Uh, well, Magnussen finished P9 in Hungary, but it was there was a penalty, right? So he finished P10. Yeah, so he was 10th there, and then at the Eiffel Grand Prix, Groschen got 9th. And that was so. a good drive, I think. Yeah. It wasn't just like a, a kind of lucky P and I. He did a good job. 
And also, it was really good at the Silverstone Grand Prix, one of the Silverstone Grand Prix, I thought. I know everyone was complaining that he moved late in the breaking zones and stuff, but uh, I don't know if you remember, he was out of... Uh, he sort of yeah, stayed yeah, out yeah. on the towel tech. And he did really well, though, to keep up in that yeah. car. He actually kept up. I know it was in a DRS train, but he did it. Anyway, yeah. carry yeah. on. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, on the I flip th- side. I, th- I think I was... I think I said uh, on podcast he's driving like a man who knows he doesn't have a job next year. You did say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, he obviously didn't really care anymore. Um, again, they were that teams went backwards a lot, and I don't put that down to just the fire engine because they struggled no. massively last year, um, and they struggled massively again this year. Yeah. They stopped development a couple of races, and as I said, we've got this one wrong as well, and gave up. So, I think the fr- that- yeah the 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 car they used in Abu Dhabi was the same car they used pre season, right? The same spec. Mm. Well, yeah. that's a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, um, and it would at one point this year that they were going to be gone. Yeah, so yeah. big cash flow issues apparently. So the rumor goes, and so obviously they okay, they're writing off the car as a bad one, but they probably couldn't afford to do updates as well. Maybe no. who knows? Uh, big shame. I- They've got some money for next year, though. Apparently, they do. I'm I'm surprised they're still on the grid, to be honest, because they're not. They've they've start, they started well, and then every year they've went backwards, and yep. they've kept the same management, they've kept the same structures, kept the same team members, and not really seem to be doing anything to try to turn it around. It's weird, except except from taking a lot of Russian money next year. Yeah, I mean, Gene Haas is wealthy, and his Haas engineering company is very. Wealthy, but he, I think he wants to run the F1 team, kind of rightly so, as just like a, a business in its own right. He's mm. clearly not wanted to put his own own or his business's funds into it. And mm, there's a big debate there as to whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think in the end, that's what was the demise of Jordan in the end, because Eddie Jordan didn't put any of his personal money. But sometimes you might have to think, well, I can put some of my personal funds in to get it going for at least a year or two to try and get it up there, to get the big sponsors in. But obviously, that's not the decision that's been made. Yeah, but yeah, I can understand why it was my piece of money, but it just yep. seems like on and off track, all yep. the decisions they make are wrong. <laughs> you, had, you had the whole rich energy saga last oh, season. Oh, yeah, God. Um, and it just doesn't seem like a t- team that's got their, their stuff together. Uh, nope. And I, I'm worried that they'll be gone pretty soon. I know they've committed, but that commitment is really. It's not worth the paper it's written on, really. Yeah, it depends on the... Oh, man, we mentioned... This is a 2020 season review podcast. So I think we mentioned 2022 more than 2020 in a way. But that's my yeah. fault. But the, the, it'd be interesting to see if they commit to that year. Well, to be honest, everyone's kind of treading a bit of water till then. Mm. Because no, nobody... Red Bull might be able to beat Mercedes, but nobody else is really going to be able to compete. Yep. So I think everyone's just mm. kind of biding their time. And yep. If that goes badly for a few teams... I think even Renault, if that's a bad yeah. transition, they might not hang about either. These teams in Class D as well. The other weird thing is uh, the cost-cutting measures coming into place, and the uh, well, it's not a balance of performance. How dare we say that? But it's hmm. like they get more time in the aero development uh, and elements like this. So it maybe maybe Haas is playing a blinder and going, well, we'll just finish bad for a couple of years so we get that. But I don't think that's what they do. No. Uh, drive a lineup next year Mick Schumacher and the Russian 
Yeah. Hashtag say no to Mazepin. Oh, hashtag say no to Matty Gallagher, as I've seen as well recently, which is unfortunate. Who's the Matty Gallagher. Yeah, he's a WTF1 person. Ah, yeah, and he's been very on the whole say no to Mazepin. And now the community's flipped and turned. And so he's (laughs) talked about it too much. He's he's an interesting character. I've not Um, seen the video, actually. And I'm I'm not going to, I don't think. But... uh, I've, yeah, I've seen that video. Um, there's been other instances of, let's say, unprofessional behaviour right. being publicised. Um, he, he's a looks a good driver. Um, he's got I a thought, super licence, so there you go. I, I thought he, I think it was Hungary won, but then lost at post race penalty to Shinoda. Um, so he is a good driver. He won a couple it's of two races this year. Finished P five. It's just he's another pay driver with a, a rich, rich mm. Russian oil money coming in behind him from his dad, which automatically taints him. And then his public, I say his public misdemeanors haven't helped him. No, they haven't. So uh, I don't think I don't think he's coming into F one with many fans. But I don't think Has had the option of getting rid of him. No, if 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 his dad's basically propping up a team for the yep. season, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not going to say no. Yeah. Mike, Mike Schumacher, though, I'm excited to. Yes, see let's talk about that instead. Yep. Well, his first little run in F2 didn't go exactly very well, but then this season he just seemed to take a massive step forward after the first few races. He was always there or thereabouts, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so I'm very look, much looking forward to it. It's a bit weird that he's in the Haas and not the Alpha, going back to our conversation about Kimi or Giovinazzi. Mm you could maybe say that that might be the team to have a bit more potential at the minute. But yep. only, it's marginal. Um, so, yeah, there's a Schumacher back in F1. Happy days. Mm. If he goes well, is a bit, there's a, probably going to be a Ferrari seat in two years waiting for him as well. There we go. That's the big end game, isn't it? Yeah. If he goes well in two years and yeah. Ferrari have the option of Carlos Sainz or Schumacher I think we all know who they're going to pick yeah I mean I hope for science's sake science is what am I trying to say science is sick he's sick there we go sick. science is sick he <laughs> does well because uh, he's got a replacement lined up already there and probably Schumacher it's going to be weird with Schumacher because he's going to be not able to learn from a teammate no but then is there a lower bar to, you know, if he if he finishes next to last all the time, but last is Mazepin, then he's yeah. having a good year, isn't he? Exactly. So there's no yeah. pressure, but I probably to really see if he's any good or not, you needed to be in a team where there's a an established driver. Yeah, that's why I thought it was strange that Alpha stopped with Giovinazzi because he's because Giovinazzi is clearly not going to get a Ferrari drive now. Um, no, the Ferrari dream is gone. Yeah, so it seems strange that they've kept him in the Ferrari program um, and put put um, Schumacher, in, Schumacher in a in a more strug- a, a team that's struggling probably slightly more mm. than Alpha because you, you don't hear about Alpha or Sauber about to die every ten minutes. You, no, you don't, you don't hear about those problems, even though their car wasn't good this year. You're you're not hearing yeah. the same drama and trouble that Haas seem to have. Yeah, and uh, although the you know the Alpha Sauber relationship interesting, because the Alpha Romeo deal 
to sponsor the team and rebrand the team was by Sergio Marchionne, the boss of Fiat Chrysler Automobiles at the time. He's since deceased. Mm. The company is merging with PSA, the French automotive group, and the Alfa Romeo brand isn't selling very many cars. So I know it's locked in for 21, mm. but it's not certain. So Salba might return, I reckon, at some point. We'll see. Yeah. How about that? Uh, That's another one. For what the theory, cars but... the Alfa, Alfa make? They've got the Giulia, Giulia. Yeah. They've got the big, the big... Stelvio. That's it. Stelvio. Is that it? In America, you can still buy the 4C, I think. Mm. But you can't get that in Europe anymore. And the Giulietta is like 10 years old, 9 years old. Yeah. I think they'll just keep making it till no one buys it and then they'll just stop. I think they've got an SUV coming this year, which is based on the Jeep Renegade, which isn't very good. That's that's already six, seven years old anyway. Uh, but now, but now uh, they've merged with uh, PSA, which is Peugeot, Citroen, Opel, and Vauxhall. And in effect, that company, the C, there is only one CEO, and he's the guy from Estevarez from the French company. So mm. in effect, it's a takeover. And I think they'll cull a load of brands that aren't selling very well. And I hope it's not mm. Alpha there, but it could be. So we'll see how that changes. There's big politics going on there in the road car division just like there is with the Renault and Alpine move and just like there is with the Aston Martin Mercedes so there's actually a couple of big F1 teams where the futures aren't very clear I think because of the road car involvement hmm. oh well anyway Haas we have not talked about Grosjean's crash yet no uh, yeah spectacular yeah uh, I, to be totally honest with you when I was watching it live I, when I seen the fireball I thought that was dead. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And when the cameras wouldn't cut back to it for... They did, it was probably about, what, two or three minutes till they cut back to seeing him in the medical car. Never a good sign. Oh, well, then, when they saw him in the medical car, great. But when they don't yeah. cut back, it's never a good sign. But they don't come back for so long, you're thinking, oh, God, how bad is this? Yeah. Uh, and he's a he's a very lucky boy. Mm. The, the halo saved his life, yeah. but also... Almost trapped him in a burning car. So yeah, difficult one that. Well, yeah, it definitely so, did save his life because I think that yeah that's it. But then it makes it difficult to get out. Yeah. So so there's the fear about Halo was yeah. proven, whereas it mm. took him 30, thirty seconds to get yeah. out, and he and he was very lucky that the barrier wasn't sitting over yeah. his Halo an inch over. Yeah. So because there wouldn't have been a gap to get out. Yeah, but it, it saved his life from the impact. Yeah. So, so yeah, and. I also think what made it difficult for him to get out was the big, um, the bit, the bit of like big foam that goes around like the back of them and then to the left and right. It's like a, mm. what you call it, like a shoulder or something. It affects yeah. their visibility quite badly. I've just hit my mic. Sorry if you can hear that. Um, they, that. Then they normally have to sort of undo that and flip it over, but I don't think he could have do it right. So you had to sort oh. of clamber through it. Then you've got your hands device, which is restricting which way you can look left and right. But. They, they, again, all, the hands had a, a part to play in saving his life because of the high G of that impact, the speed, was it 170 miles an hour or something? Hmm. You know, the net movement without that would have been yeah. extremely severe. And then the halo with the, on the head. So, yeah, it's incredible as well. But let's not hope they, anyone, I don't think they will, but can't rest on your laurels. There's always improvement. Hmm. You know, let's look at the, how uh, flame retardant the gloves are. That's, that's a small element, isn't it? And, and, when they replace that barrier, well, first of all, they need to look at what the barrier type is, because is that appropriate? I don't know. And then they replaced it with concrete blocks. That seemed a bit weird to me. Yeah. So it actually op- opens. It, yeah, well done. The safety is great, but also there's actually still a load of areas to look at. 
Yeah, because they're up to flame the fire resistance rating of the suits, but not the gloves. And then, ah, yeah. which seems odd. It does seem very <laughs> um, weird. Especially when you see the pictures. I don't know if you've seen them in the last few days. Girls on to post see yep. pictures of his hands. Doesn't look good, does they're, it? They're still in a bad nick. What, two One of them is, later? yeah. yeah. It's like all purple. Yeah. yeah, that's going to need skin grafts and all that. That must hurt a lot to change the dressing each time. You know, it's one of those things where it looks like it sticks to it. Yeah. So every time he does it, it's going to be agony. I know, and so there's obviously something there. I thought it was strange that the week later they didn't do anything to the barrier. Yeah, you know, when they did the yeah, yeah. race, I think they just put the, concrete up, didn't they? Instead, yeah, for uh, during the race. Oh, during they, the race, that was for, yeah. For, yeah. for Sakir, they just put back the, the same rails. barrier. Yeah. Uh, and then Kimmy spun coming out. Oh, he did too. And it was just a flashback. Of, yeah, it's happened again. Um. But I think they need to have a review of certainly barriers which yep. angle towards the track. Yep. It seems mad that you've got barriers which come towards yeah. the line of the mm. line of fire basically. Yeah. They have no protection on them at all. If it was not an angled barrier, he would hit. He would impact it and more of an because it was angled. He hit it straight on, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we'll never know what what might have happened. I guess, but it would be. It's a very good point that why is it angled in that i suppose is it angled that way so there's got like a a bit where they can pull a car behind it yeah yeah so it was, it was a marshall's gap so yeah and the track mm. but to me if you're going to have something protruding towards the track it's got to have a, a tire barrier or a tight pro barrier or something yeah and what? i know those aren't ideal i know they're hard to hit i yeah. know like signs got stuck under one a few years ago at russia uh, oh yeah he did didn't he yeah they're not perfect but to have a solid metal barrier there mm. Or some tires, because if it had been tires, it would have went under it, or it would have bounced off of it. Yep, it wouldn't have went through the full thing. Mm. I would, I would think. Obviously, they're going to need to look into it. Yeah, don't, we don't know. But I, I, I don't, I don't think they would have. I don't think the the crash would have happened. I don't think the car yeah. would have split, and there wouldn't have been a fire. So yeah, yeah, the car split. That was crazy. And to see fire in modern day Formula One is a big shock to the system, isn't it? It makes you realise, yeah. oh. Right, yeah, there is. You, we're so not used to seeing it because there's no refueling mistakes in pit stops or anything anymore. You just, no. you almost don't think about it, right? Yeah. And then all um, of a sudden, you, do, you really do. That first shot where they cut back and showed the car in half. I mean, you could even hear how shocked Martin Brundle was in commentary. Like, I don't think I've ever, I can't remember the last time I've ever seen a car destroyed like that. I yeah. It was, no, even in my time watching F1, I can't remember an F1 car being that badly wrecked. For me, I remember Robert Kubitz's crash in Canada. Yeah. That was a bad one. But it was not split in half. No, no. You know, I don't think I've ever seen split in half, really. No. I'm sure there's many examples of that over time, but not in the modern era where I've grown up watching it. I can't. Yeah, I can't think of one that bad. Yeah. No. I can't even remember the last thing. There was a crash followed by fire. Also, Mm. the ones you're talking about... um, there was, there was an electrical fire late in that race with Perez. There was a refueling fire. Yeah, fire. cars blow up and have a bit of flames, don't they? But it's very different. Yeah, but I can't ever remember whatever how long <coughs> I've been watching F one, seeing a car crash and then burst into flames. No, it's a really old school thing, isn't it? It's like a yeah. Nicky Lauda at the Nurburgring scenario, and you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't think of that as being possible. We're no. so used to it not possible. It's just so that made it much more of a shock. Hmm. and when it went to that first shot first time I saw it I couldn't work out where he was 
No. I actually thought, oh, maybe he's like, he's over, he's been thrown to the other side of the track or behind the barrier or something. You can't see that he's in that flaming fire pit. And then, uh, it what was really really shocked me wasn't so much the initial first time you see it because it actually showed him sort of coming out the car first, right? Hmm. But it was the shot when the flames had stopped going down of the car stuck in the barrier. Hmm. That was that was horrifying because it it was another level and it was just think oh my god he's come out of that yeah you see the picture of just a mangled wreck with a car sitting half on its side not even a car it's just a a hole where someone was yeah yeah Uh, it's just mad that he was able to claim out of that yeah Uh, if you you watched his interview he tried to get out and couldn't yeah his ankle was pinned his head was pinned yep and uh, he lost his one of his shoes, right? Because it was stuck in the, in the in the body of the car somehow. Yeah. So it's very it, lucky that he pulled. He was able to pull his foot out of the shoe. Yeah, I think that's how he hurt his ankle because his foot was cu- somehow got caught under the pedal. Yeah. Which I think it was. I think it was the half one that showed you earlier in the season or the season before. Right. And it's like a, it's like a flat plate where the pedals are. Oh, uh, okay. So the fact that has somehow that deformed mm. his. Yeah, uh, his foot went under it. it. Seems mad. And he didn't take the steering wheel out because the steering column had collapsed. Yeah. So the steering gone. wheel's like somewhere, like I don't know, down where his legs are or something. Yeah. And the steering it, wheel's gone. It's it's just not there. You can't see it anywhere, can you? Yeah. And uh, oh, it sounds horrific. The fact that I suppose your normal instinct in a normal crash for F one is if you can't get out, you wait for the safety crew, right? Hmm. So he's he's sat there waiting for a bit, and also you know not unconscious, but like you know. Aw- Oh, I've just had an accident. You know, you must, your brain's not thinking straight. Hmm. And then to have the impetus of actually, no, I can't sit here because I'm on fire. And then he tried once, but he couldn't get out because of the angle as well, right? So yeah. to, to go again as well, uh, it's just amazing human instinct sometimes, isn't it? That he was able to pull himself out. I just thought, wow, that it, it, very incredible. It, it just we're very lucky that he's still around, basically. Yeah, there's a lot of things that happen in that situation which were pure luck yeah like the fact he wasn't knocked out yep or right. delirious at any point yep. and he could have just been sat there and that was the, the end fact, of it. yeah in fact there wasn't any broken bones that stopped him moving yeah it wasn't i mean there was yeah exactly could have had all sorts of injuries yeah because what was it, like 50 something g ridiculous impact. amounts yeah that would have um, knocked normal people out i'm sure yeah and the fact that the barrier stopped where it did over his cockpit so he had just enough room. Yep. If that's half an hour inch yep. over, he's he's not getting out of there. And most of the flames are sort of going around him. Yeah. For, well, maybe not in the initial blast. They're all going all over. He's engulfed in them, right? But just as he's trying to get out, they're just sort of around him. And the main big fire extinguisher that came in wasn't the guy near the accident. He actually ran across the track. Yeah. He came from the opposite side marshal post, which maybe that's against protocol. I don't know. But well, I'm someone, glad he did someone it. Did, someone did it later in the race for Perez's crash oh really Wando Norris got the fright of his life oh of course yeah absolutely so it's, I don't think it is protocol it's just I think uh, if the Grosjean thing hadn't happened but the Perez thing yeah. did and there was a master run across there'd been a big review no you can't do that will you yeah but that's what really helped there because that initial big blast of that fire extinguisher meant that it could like grab hold of him and pull him over and mm. because there was another marshal on the other side doing it but that fire extinguisher was weak he oh, yeah. wasn't really <laughs> doing anything with it 
he was too far away from the fire. There was that as well, yeah. I'm, I'm not blaming him. No, I mean, no. If, you, if you're faced with that wall of fire, yeah, the yeah, heat yeah. coming off of it, yeah, uh, the, to get close to that mm. is really tricky. So yeah. he, he was firing his fire extinguisher nowhere. Yeah. He couldn't. And he, like, he ran out as well. Close. But it was like a different type of extinguisher, because the other one yeah. came and it was like a big white blast, wasn't it? And it was like, all oh, right. But by that, Grosjean had already sort of extricated half halfway out anyway. Yeah, he was... Ah, fair point here for getting himself out. Oh, yeah, I have a whole new level of respect. And now, you know, he's got not a terrible way to sign off a career, but everyone's sort of writing like, oh, you know, the guy who could have made it and stuff. Instead of the guy that uh, (laughs) wiped everyone out of Spa and kept... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All the critiques of Grosjean you could easily make. Yeah. Um, I've always been an apologist of him anyway, but a little Mm. bit. Mm. You haven't. No, not particularly. (laughs) (laughs) I... To be fair to him, I think I think he's written to the teams asking for a private test next year, and I think there's been a f- I think Mercedes said they might even give him oh, one. Oh, interesting! Just, just so just so that he's a final. Not, yeah, he's you need to get back the on the horse to mentally recover as well a bit, like to oh right, I've driven F one car without being in a fireball now, so I can yeah. maybe get on with my career in some other form of racing or something. Yeah, so I think uh, I think someone's going to give him a private test. Or maybe season. he does esports full time. He's got an esports team. He loves it. Has he? He does, yeah, yeah. He does like live streams on YouTube, and oh. uh, you know, he just speaks in French, like so. I don't really follow it, but oh. he has got a, an esports squad, and they're quite active. Hmm. Um, yeah. Do you think uh, either him or Magnussen will be back in F one, or is that no? I think that's it. Uh, I think uh, that's it. And throughout the year, I would say on balance that Grosjean outperformed Magnussen a bit uh, on points to level. I think, uh, but I think it was something I saw. Where it was, uh, the Haas team tweeted out some stats, and Grosjean was only one of them was Magnussen ahead. Um, so, and that was even missing the last X number of race. Or maybe they just thought he actually count didn't count, count the last couple of races. But mm. on that, actually, Fittipaldi was okay, actually. Yeah. Um, Uninspiring. On at all for Don't know. Or is he just going Don't straight know. back to F2? Don't know, but as as uh, I said to you the other week, we saw him in Janetta Juniors back in the day. <laughs> we called that guy. Yep, yep, that guy I totally remember. Yeah, um, yeah, we both remember it. <laughs> Absolutely. What a driver he was. Oh, yeah, amazing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I have no memory of that. I just have, I just knew because I stumbled across a picture and I've, his Janetta Junior was like not in the paddock. I, I don't know if it had an incident in the race. It was parked. Well, it was in the paddock, but it was not parked where the, the team mornings are and stuff and mm. I just saw the name on the side oh Fittipaldi I'll take a picture of that wow <laughs> I do actually remember some of the junior races they were they were exciting because they were stupid <laughs> yeah that not kill event <laughs> it was like every every lap everyone had the exact same crash at the hairpin <laughs> <laughs> and it's like run boys somebody learned here uh, oh. oh we got a team you... left I've almost forgotten about them oh do we have to yeah, a little bit. Williams, Williams, Mercedes, uh, zero points. Boo. Boo. But Q two. Um, huh? Q two. Yeah, Q two. Many times. Uh, Russell smashed Latifi. Let's just say, although Latifi did have a couple of eleventh places. I'm just looking at. Yep. Yeah. Three eleventh places. Oh, so. and Latifi out qualified his teammate once. He did. It wasn't Russell in the car, but <laughs> no, it, was, it was Jack Aitken. But uh, I'm just, uh, I think actually, over the races, Latifi was doing better than George. Through, mm. but 
maybe on paper, but it's because a lot of the time George was starting higher up the grid and had yeah. the ambitions of points, so was trying extra hard to get that. And then sometimes, you know, he slipped, he slipped back, or the, the strategy wasn't ideal for where they were because they were trying to get points at the time. There's, there's all sorts you could look into. That. Yeah, but I don't oh, mind the TV. I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was ever impressed with him watching him during the season. No, no. Um, it was his first year, so kind of give him a little pass, but. But he's a Canadian with money and humility. He seems to be quite a, a nice person. Yeah, he's a nice guy. I do, to yeah. be fair, I do quite like him. So, uh, therefore, he's, he's already better than the other Canadian. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. He's not got a smarmy little face. No. Yeah. He, know, he knows he's, re- he's realistic, basically. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping he does well next year. But Me too. I, I, in terms of on track, I wasn't I wasn't ever impressed yeah. with him at all. Yep. Uh, Jack Caitkin, I thought, did reasonably well to yeah. one race, apart from crashing and causing the Mercedes pit stop. It, it helped the world, that did. So it was the service he provided that race. It gave uh, us yeah. an entertaining race, so cheers, Jack. It gave us. Did he continue us... in that race, though? Did he get a new nose and was all right, though? Yeah, it was fine. So, yeah. you know, you, you can forgive a rookie for some errors like that. I think he did all right, yeah. Yeah, I feel sorry for him, especially at Abu Dhabi when Hamilton yeah, came Yeah, you see? That was his chance to have a, a second crack, and then. But yeah. I think he's still going back to F two next year, from right. I'm not sure, but I'm not looked into it. I do apologise. Because he did, he had, a, he was having a tough season. Manner, if he's listening, or Nick Saunders, he'll be like shouting at his podcast listening device. Although if he's listening to work, he won't be shouting at all because he'll get turned off. <laughs> He'd look like yeah. a madman. But yeah, <laughs> these absolute morons. <laughs> um, but I, I thought he, he did pretty well in qualifying and in the race. Uh, I thought it did reasonable apart from that crash. Yep. But I'm just. I don't know about you. Well, obviously, Williams have been sold, so they're not actually. Williams That's the biggest anymore. news for Williams yep. this year. Yep. But there are, I don't know about you, but I just find it hard to care anymore. Um, well, now now that the actual Williams aren't they are involved. No, it's just I feel like it's been season after season of backward steps, and I'm at the mm. point where I'm I've not really got. I had too much hope for them getting back towards the front. Ah, ah, you've overlooked the amazing fact, which, mm. which I can't remember and I should research before I say it, but I'm going to go for it anyway, in that now they've got a deal for the Mercedes gearbox. Yep. And it staggered me that they didn't have that already, really. No, I think they developed their own, didn't they? Yeah, and they used an aluminium casing. I think everybody else in the field was on carbon fibre. Now they're going to switch across... So there's reasons to be optimistic, but that's not hey, that's not accept, expect, you know, miracles. But I just worry that if Ferrari's engine is actually improved, the Williams will fall back a bit again. Yeah, I think they'll get closer to the midfield just on their pure performance. But yeah. as you as you say, everyone else is going to improve. Well, but, maybe. Yeah, uh, but I just I I don't think they're ever going to be a top team uh, again. I think Ooh. they've had I think they've had their day. And I think there's going to be a struggle for them to get anywhere near the front anymore. Well, even with even with budget caps, etc., etc., and buying Mercedes parts, I just I think the shine's just kind of worn off Williams for me for the past few seasons. It depends on. I agree, but it also depends on how committed the new owners are. Derilton Capital, I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, they if they've. If they're really committed, which Claire Williams said they were, but it could just be PR speak, you never know. 
She's got her hundred million in her pocket. I'm oh, does sure she really? That. She's I'm not sure she's that bothered <laughs> anymore. Oh, and Paul Frank's been ill recently, hasn't he? In the hospital, I think. I hope he's all right. But uh, yeah, I think he's out now. Oh, I keep saying but there all the time. He, I hope the investment and the new people are committed. I hope they recruit some great people. Yeah, I think the championship winning days are over, right? But they could if they if. If they are committed and keep going, they could be around and getting points for a good good few seasons. Yeah, I hope. I hope. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, it's just for me going from when at times they were the closest challenge at Mercedes for a couple of seasons. When the hybrid era started, they were up there. Yeah. Right? They didn't quite get that win. That annoyed no, me. They got no. the pole. They led. They got podiums. That was their golden opportunity. Yep. Instead, and we've uh, got to go back to was it twenty twelve with Maldonado? But there you go. And then every season since then, they seem to just take backward steps. Yeah. Whoa, this year was a step forward. The the well, they went from one point to zero points. So this the step ah, forward. Well, step yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. The step forward. And, and they don't have the world's greatest driver in Robert Kubica in the car either, as as the people in the forums will keep telling me. <laughs> That's uh, true. But they were even with the Ferrari engine tuning going down. For Alpha and Haas, therefore, it made Williams look better than perhaps they were. They were still much quicker than they were last year on the compared to their own relative pace. Yeah. So, was a step forward, but you're right; they didn't get a point. So, therefore, yep. it's not a step forward. No. Yeah. It's half a step. Yeah. I hope they do well, and I'm not. I don't. I don't want them to die. I don't want them to. Be, no, no, I don't. Uh, yeah. I'd like to see them get back to the front. Me too. I just. I just I don't see it anymore. The plucky underdog. That's now owned by a massive investment firm. Yeah, so they're not really are they anymore. No. Yeah. Uh, the also, what if they have Bottas in? Oh, I can say next season now because isn't this this season? Mm. <laughs> next season. What if the Russell and Bottas swap? Do you think that will happen? Or do you think Bottas will retire and go rallying? Because he just competed in a rally this last weekend, actually. Did he? Yep. In uh, I think it's called the Arctic Rally. And weirdly, they're going to kind of run that rally again, but with the stages reversed, I think, for the second round of the WRC because of COVID-related mm. reasons and stuff. And mm. I think he's down to compete in that as well. Could be wrong. Hmm. So maybe... So, you know, I, he's doing I a bit of Raikkonen. Uh, yeah. As long as he doesn't do a bit of Cubetza, it'll be fine. Oh, ooh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, well, or Raikkonen, because Raikkonen wasn't very good with rallying, I don't think. He, he, no. But he might, Raikkonen might do that again after he retires, actually, as well, thinking about it. Anyway. I just bought us... Uh, if, you went, if you went from Mercedes to Williams, would you still have any motivation, do you think? No, I don't think you would. Oh, I the glimmer of hope, we've mentioned it a million times, though, is the new rules. Yeah, so you might do it for a year. Yeah, it may be an opportunity just to. Yeah, one last. I, I'm ho- I'm holding out hope for the 2022 rules that will close up the field. But yeah. I know I know realistically the size of Mercedes and the the, the huge the... investment and the number of people they've got and the resources. Yeah, and even with budget caps, their mm. car will be ninety percent designed already. But yeah, they probably already finished it, right? Yeah, with all the finances. Well, the, the car, remember the cars were due this year. Oh, yeah, of course they were. Good so point. The, the they have finished it. <laughs> the car probably will be finished for the, for the majority of the grid. They'll have done the bulk of the work. Yeah. Um, so, 
I do think it's hmm. it's a hope, but um, I'm trying to keep optimistic. Yeah. So we kind of started by talking about Bottas, and we've kind of ended by talking about Bottas, and we've talked probably more about 2022 than 2020. But yep. in the end, I thought good season, well done for getting it done, and I loved probably more than anything actually the integ- integration of these new or old tracks. Absolutely. What was your? What, give me a rundown in your track, new tracks. Portimao, oh, so number one for me. Well, we had Mugello, Portimao, Nurburgring, uh, Turkey, Aloha, and Turkey. Yeah. So and my favourite Sa- track of all of Sa- them is Sochi. Sakia. Oh yeah. yeah. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Oh. Hey, Sakia wasn't as bad as it should be, right? Sakia, I preferred over the normal track. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, I would rather see that come back. But, but what was your thoughts on the other tracks that came? Portimao for me is a track where even if the ra- nothing happens in the race, it would be amazing to see the cars drive around it. Yeah. So that's number one for me. And I. The second and the same reason exactly is Mugello, but it, the race was stop start weirdness, but I don't think it's a good track to race on if there wasn't any incidents. But it was still really enjoyable to see them go through. There's like a right-left sequence, which in every other formula in the world is a break down a gear. And F1 was completely flat. And that was just unbelievable. I could just watch a car go around there and practice on board, and I'm done. What about you? I probably... I actually really enjoyed the number ring. Oh, that was good, yeah. yeah. Surprisingly, I wasn't... I was a bit cautious about it, but Me too. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed Portimao. Mm. At Magello, I think I'm going to say 2022 again. Uh, uh, uh. I think all these tracks get better in 2022. Um, yeah. Emola I was most excited about coming back. Right. And that the actual race for Emola wasn't brilliant until the safety car. No, it was a bit meh. Yeah, and it's back now this year. Uh, yeah, because of Adelaide being cancelled, right? Melbourne. Oh, yeah. Do you know, I said it earlier in the podcast as well. Adelaide is what it used to be before Melbourne, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, I've yeah, rewound yeah. like 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my so yeah, God. Mel- Melbourne's delayed, and I think Bring China back Adelaide is... and Jordan. Sorry. <laughs> China is postponed, but I think yeah. cancelled. Mm-hmm. Uh, M is back, and it looks like Portimao might be coming back. What would uh, that be in place of? The China race, uh, allegedly. Okay. Yeah, um, that's good. So... So I get anything in 2022 when the cars can fall closer theoretically these mm. tracks all become much better Yeah, but probably I'd agree with Portimao I really like that one there needs to be more of a balance between great tracks and tracks that pay a lot of money now it is a business mm-hmm. but this season has proven you can balance them a bit better yep so let's hope that continues I was a bit disappointed when they initially revealed the first calendar 2021 calendar because I thought, oh, all these interesting tracks have disappeared, but yeah, Miller's coming back, back to normal, so yeah, and potentially Port- Portugal, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, um, I'm a little bit. I thought maybe I know I didn't. I wasn't. I don't know what the contract status was, but I thought Hockenheim was. I was rumored to come back. Mm. But, uh, there's still no sign of that. No. Which, to be fair, I don't like that track in the dry anyway, I think. Yeah, same. It's pretty boring in the dry. It's exciting when it rains. Yeah, but... because then they go on the drag strip and have a crash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or Vettel just decides to pin <laughs> it on his own. But, uh, yeah. yeah, next season's is back to normal. And 
that's kind of it's exciting because there's good tracks coming back like Canada mm. uh, yeah of course yep but then you've got they're turned off so not very good tracks you know we've still got Spain which is a awful yeah track, I think. that is one where the the please change that I mean I'll take any other track in Spain although they're probably not suitable for everyone but no uh, I mean I'm just looking for the Alonso's back on the now. grid now so you're not going to get rid of it though no uh, Paul Ricard's back no, I'm not excited for that. Uh, Sandy yeah, is making its debut. Oh, yes. That might be interesting. Well, no. It might be interesting in practice. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't think it'll be a great racetrack. No. Uh, oh, my God. Can you imagine how orange the crowd will be? Oh, there won't yeah. be any crowd, thank goodness. Well, September. So, <laughs> you, you never know. We might be back to normal by September. The the I think one of the directors of the race actually said they won't host it unless there's fans. So yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that's what one that might be a well. Don't want to talk TBC. about it too much. This is an F one podcast, but the British touring car season has been delayed, mm. and I reckon that's. Well, I think it's even said we've we've even discussed it. I think in uh, in DMs that it's probably because they don't want to start it unless there are hospitality and some fans. Yeah, it's probably going to be the same for a lot of these business cases of these tracks. So it could should mm. still change yet. That's a good point. Yeah, I think most of us. Not to get too COVID, but uh, mm. our vaccine role it seems to be going pretty well, and continental Europe doesn't. Uh, I think the likes of Germany are starting to get better, but France is having a terrible time. Yeah, I think I think Spain and Italy are not doing too good. Um, we are all all adults here are supposed to be vaccinated by September, so holy moly! I think by the end of Easter, we might be getting back to fans and at sports. At least in limited numbers. Yeah, so yeah. I think. Oh well, that's optimistic. BT, BTCC wise, that's a brilliant decision, mm. and uh, hopefully we can get to Knock Hill. And uh, hopefully we can, by July at Silverstone, we've got fans. Hopefully. Yeah, but you're right. The rest of the countries around the world, you know, I, they, they, they could. Yeah, they could have. Uh, which is back on the calendar. Great to see that track return. You know, we missed it this mm. year. But what is the Scenario going on there with the pandemic. It's just not good. Yeah. Uh, and they've got their own special variants, and um, America's still struggling. But obviously, yeah. new, pre- new president, they might do better. Yeah. I think it still Japan, takes time, though. Yep. I think Japan's still pretty much locked down. I think yeah, Singa- Japan's. Singapore's pretty much locked down still. Yep. Maybe Hanoi might get its chance. <laughs> I think we can all forget about that. Yeah, we can actually now, can't we? Because the guy was the person in charge was corrupt, right? So never going to yeah. get it again. Yeah. Did they even finish building it? That's what I'd like to know. Probably, probably not. They probably. They, I don't know if they laid the asphalt, but mm. they definitely won't finish the infrastructure and stuff. No. Um, so F one twenty twenty game might be the only time it's ever. Appeared. I feel bad. Yeah, so the the only time it'll ever exist is F one twenty twenty the video game, and I feel bad for Codemasters developers because they had to spend time to put this track that'll never appear in there, and they weren't able to put the tracks that were actually raced in there. Yeah, interesting though. I wonder if they're able to get Imola in for the next one. Don't, don't need to. It's on the official calendar. Yeah, but last minute no. change. You no, know. Well, when's a new game out? I don't mid-summer, know. Normal. Yeah, midsummer, yeah, something like that. Come on, you're the. I can't remember when, when it came out. You're, you're the professional. Uh, I know they had. Uh, yeah, it would be very, very difficult to develop it because, just as an F1 game tangent, they're in the process of being bought out at the minute. 
Mm. And there's COVID, so they won't be able to go visit the track potentially to take pictures of it and stuff like this. I don't mm. know if it seems like they don't do that anyway at the minute. Basically, I don't think they do. Yeah, but but that's a you know, there's potential COVID related things that mean they won't be able to uh, get that in. They'll, I hope they can. They'll, ha- they'll have the assets from 2013. Well, they've used that. They're using the same game engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. They'll be able to build something, and they're going to have to if it's on the official calendar. Well, hopefully they can um, focus on Imola, and if there's any other changes, they can cry force majeure, can't they, and be all right with it. Yeah, and Saudi Arabia, of course, making its debut. Oh, that's another track they're going to have to make. That, <laughs> that no one's seen. Mm. Um, I don't really I'm care not, for that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. All sorts of political reasons there as well. Although it's a bit weird. Yeah, I mean, they, they just jail distance up with the thousands and murder uh, journalists and they do what to journalists they, they murdered murder murder, <laughs> murder. there's been a murder uh so yeah i'm not yeah skeptical well skeptical you can you could make cases against some of our countries on the calendar of course you not can been, yeah. not being the most human rights friendly yeah. but yeah, i think yeah. saudi arabia is a pretty egregious mm. one uh and they're obviously getting a nice big wad of cash in their back pocket for that yeah, I don't know why Saudi Arabia doesn't decide to try and go the motorsport route for tourism. But that seems to be their thing. I mean, the Dakar rally, which was just finished last week, or this week, um, that was all in Saudi Arabia now. And there's big mm. funding behind that. There was a, There's a Formula E race. I don't know what the next calendar looks like, but there was last year. There's a really terrible documentary about Formula E in Saudi Arabia, which I watched this year. Oh, no. Which there's even a scene where there's someone... It might even be John Tott, actually, from the FIA, going, isn't it amazing how women can drive in this country now? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it's a bit cringy. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's their big thing, is getting support in the country to make their image look better. Yeah. They've got I suppose they've got to start somewhere, you know. But... Well, I'd rather start with not killing journalists yeah. and beheading people, mm. rather than getting the WWE mm. and F1 to come and do shows. Well, WWE uh, are going there, are they? Well, they, they do... They've got a multi-year deal with them. Right. That's uh, mm. about like two shows a year. Right. Worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. Uh, they certainly got a lot Joshua. of money to throw around to. Uh... Well, Anthony Joshua fought there last year or the year before. Did he really? Uh, right. Uh, for a hell of a lot of money. So mm. they've also they've got the money and they're going to splash it on sport. Yep. Uh, I just think it's a shame that F1 decided to take that. Yep. I know there was a some uproar on Twitter about that. Although, you know, that's Twitter. But yeah. I, I agree with some of those sentiments. Yeah. Well, we'll be interested to see if uh, they do all the We Races 1 and uh, taking the knee and everything at those races. Yeah. Or if it's going to get put to the side a little. Um, I think I think the banners will be there and they'll just smile. Yeah. Pretend nothing's happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm excited for some of the, the classics to come back, but I just think we need to get a couple of the duds off the calendar. Yep. We need to get rid of Spain, we need to get rid of France, we need to get rid of Russia. Um, yep. But I'm excited. I'm, d- I'm disappointed the season's delayed because I was getting, starting to get F1 do, fever again. Do you have the start date there? I don't know it. but 28th of March. Oh, well, we can we can manage that. I've not got any football to watch in Scotland. Oh, yeah. I've got nothing. <laughs> well, there's no... Yeah. Although the Monte Carlo rally is supposed to happen next next week, maybe. So that is it? that's something for me to watch, I guess. When is uh, the BTCC back then? Is oh, it, was it, it? Is it summer? 
I think it was May, was it? May. Oh, hang on. Let me just do a live Google. This podcast <laughs> is brought to you by... I'm going to mute myself so you can't hear me typing. I should probably fill in this gap with yeah. some interest. I was just going to say that... <laughs> <laughs> You might, I, I know you don't people, edit it much, but you might want to edit that bit out. No, uh, I, 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 pe- I hope people use Overcast and then have like the silence skip feature enabled. Um, yeah, I use Pocket Cast and it does the same thing. Yeah, well, the but, website here says April, but that seems like the old date, doesn't it? Yeah, don't 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 ever rely on the BTCC oh my website. God. Thanks, it gets Victoria updated once, website. It gets updated once a year. Right, I'm going to go to the news story. I like how it doesn't have HTTPS, so it still says not secure when you go in it. It's like, <sighs> come on, welcome to three years ago. All oh, right, yeah, me. I should have just said me, and it would have been fine. Eighth of me. <laughs> Eighth of me. Thruxton, it starts with, though. Ooh. Nice little mix-up calendar there. Yep. Yep. Anyway, we probably should do a separate podcast about British Toy, because we've gone on quite a while about Formula 1 2020 yep the highlight of this um, podcast was definitely that white space white noise there that was that was special that was <laughs> that was my hangover kicking in and, uh, <laughs> just, nice just stop uh, so yeah that was <laughs> that was F1 2020 oh was it uh, F1 2022 the preview exactly we both skipped the coming season preview and just went straight to we're just gagging preview. for 2022 I just I want to see a title fight yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Watching back the like, early 2010s, mm. um, where there was title fights, um, makes me want it more. So, yeah, I'm hope I'm hoping next year we'll have it, and I'm hoping this year actually that Red Bull can put up a proper fight. Yeah, but fingers crossed for that. We'll wait and see for testing. I think end of February. Yep, something like that probably. Um, as we, as usual with testing, I read too much into the times, even though I shouldn't. And all the media goes along with it as well. And everybody gets all excited that Ferrari, this is the year Ferrari's going to do it, everybody. And even actually, normally the first round of the year is not necessarily clear what the form is. Mm. For whatever reason, the first race of the year is always a bit like, oh, well, bloody hell, look at Haas on the podium. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the old Kevin Magnussen finishing the podium, I remember that. Remember Alonso mm. saying, "Now we can fight." All of those were false storms. So, yep. But so can't wait for it. What's your one big bold prediction for next year? Give me something mad. Oh man, Sir Lewis Hamilton is going to win <laughs> his eighth title. Is, is that your big bold prediction for the year? I... It's big and bold. <laughs> what about yours? <laughs> well, hopefully that David Croft gets sacked, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't look like it's happening. Uh, my oh, big God. bold prediction for next year is that McLaren will win a race. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, I probably should think of a proper one then, but that's that's we've good. Got, I'm just thinking that the tracks that we've got this year, we've got we're back at um, like Monaco and mm. uh, the other street one I've forgotten that I always crash on at the castle. Oh, Back Azerbaijan. Yeah. Azerbaijan. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking of all those kind of tracks where chaos can happen. Yeah, good point. And all right, I'm going to say that. Charles Leclerc 
has a mathematical chance of winning the title within the last five races. The last five races? Yeah. So he needs to be within 130 points? Something like this. I can't do the maths. But, <laughs> so within 130 points by the last five races. Yeah. That wasn't very big or bold, was it? It was too obscure. Well, uh, the point being, really, that he's he's won a race and finished on the podium. Let's say that. Well, I'll take a note of these and we'll, we'll check. Okay. Let's we'll hope you lose that year. piece of paper. Yeah, we'll check. So by the Mexican Grand Prix, he's still got a chance. Yeah, yeah. I'm keen for that. Let's see how we get on next year. <laughs> right. McLaren to win a race and Leclerc to do something. Yeah, we're quite the here, though. <laughs> All right. So I think that'll wrap up our 2020 review. We'll be back in March now. Sad face for the Bahrain Grand Prix starting. Uh, the real track, not the fun, mad track. Uh, I know. But I'm excited to get it back. I might do something after testing, but if not, we'll be back then in March. Yep. Sounds so, good. Thanks, thanks, Tom, for jumping on. Thank you very much. Yep. Pleasure. You know, we've kept it brief this time. Exactly. <laughs> I, w- I was aiming for an hour, and I have no idea what we're at. Uh, so. Like recording saying two hours and 28 minutes. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, it gives you something to listen to for like half a shift at work. So we, we provide you with... We're helping you out in lockdown. Yeah, we give you quantity here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not the quality. Maybe not the quality, but we give you quantity. All right. So, all right. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. And Thank we'll you very see much. see you again in March. All right. Bye. See you then. Bye.